Hello and welcome to episode 51 of uh, the Mature Gamer Bits and PCs podcast. That's right, we're only one episode away from our uh, anniversary. And uh, I personally will be taking Vimesy out for dinner to celebrate. How yes. fancy going? Under canvas, I think. Fair enough. I can sort something out. I bet you can, Mr. Brokeback. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but now, by one episode away, you mean two episodes away, don't you? From the anniversary. Oh, for fuck's sake, honestly. <laughs> I'm just saying to it, I don't think we get overexcited about some kind of anniversary spectacular next week and they'll then won't happen. Yeah, but I think they know us by now, to be fair. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but we'll get increased viewing figures for two episodes instead of one. Oh, good. Oh, I'll say I'll take it back. Yeah, good point. Anyway, Mature Gamer Podcast Expo update. Um, John has uh, confirmed that he's definitely now going and seems to be bringing every piece of technology known to man with him. <laughs> which, it's which true. Is, which is not, not limited to a... Uh, 720p projector and some 800 foot screen he's bringing with him. Um, I believe he's bringing a racing chair, which I'm sure Vams will probably commandeer for the entire evening. You know it makes sense. He's uh, bringing his Mac with him, which uh, I believe on the forum he's asked that nobody use it as a drink stand, which, uh, <laughs> yeah, considering, oh. considering the last two episodes we've done, I think that's all it's any use for. Oh. Uh, and I think he's bringing other assorted goodies like an Alienware laptop, which is what he should be using for recording this show, and then we won't have what turned into what, a 50 minute episode, drag out for a three hour recording. Mm-hmm. I remember it being something like that. Anyway. <laughs> Did that happen I'd... last week? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. No, he's, he's bringing, basically, it's, it's like, reads, his list reads like one of those things off the gadget show, you know, where they just basically. The competition. Of, yeah, you know, projector. A Roland TD-1 electronic drum kit, a couple of guitars, a keyboard, a shitty mic, plus Rock Pattern 3 with a half-decent library. So, yeah, it goes on. A and, a good, and, and a cuddly a, toy. And a yeah. cuddly toy. So, yep, goes on for a fair while. So, um, John's providing all the entertainment so far. Nice. <laughs> but it should be a cracking cracking weekend. I'm really looking forward to it. So, um, if I'm you sure. are wanting to come, get yourself on the forum. Sorry, Sign yourself sure. up. I'm sure if you're nice to John as well, he'll, uh, he'll get the drinks in. <laughs> John, John ain't going to buy drinks. <laughs> no way you're going to get John buying a drink. Anyway, as John would say, we're just fucking about now. So, uh, Vamsy, what have you been playing this week? Games. And what yes. games have you been playing, Vamsy? Computer games. Oh, oh man, you're really abstracted, aren't you, Jesus? <laughs> He's I'm in one really, of those really long day at work. I'm just like, <laughs> fuck it out. Um, what have I been playing? I've, I've been playing The Last of Us still, um, and I know I'm not going to go on about it again and again and again, um, because I talked about it last week and I um, talked about it on the Kevin Steve show midweek. Uh, other than to say it's it's still really, really good. Um, so you're going to have to wait a little bit longer, Clarkie, before I can yeah, get I it gonna, to you. I was going to say times are ticking. Oh no, but it's um, it's it's really kind of hooked me. And I was um, I, I had a session on Saturday night where I played for about three or four hours, and I did quite a large a large chunk of. Um, and again, I'm very aware of not giving any spoilers away. And the problem with this game is that if you talk about anything in it you're probably going to spoil something for somebody. So you have to talk about it really, really generally. Um, and I did this kind of, the whole session I played through was kind of going through um, a city and out the other side. 
and um, it was so intense. I haven't had a gaming experience like that for a really long, long time. I'm, I'm struggling to think of something where it's been that, where I actually sort of, um, uh, for those of you that have played it, it was basically the end of summer. So the, the, the last of us blocks into chapters and they kind of do spring, summer, fall, winter or whatever. And I've basically just finished summer and through that whole thing, the last kind of hour of what I was playing, my hands were just kind of sweaty and not sweaty, but do you know what I mean? They were just kind of like, seriously, man, I'm sure there was a tremor going on there and my heart was going. And, you know, this is about half 12, one o'clock in the morning, something like that. It's dark. I'm playing in the fucking dark, which is never a good idea for me because I hate scary games. And it wasn't that it was particularly scary. It was just really, really intense and really powerful and so emotive. And I was in this section where I'm basically underground in these, uh, in these kind of tunnels. And this is where some survivors have set up a, a camp underneath a, I guess a kind of, um, in, in, a, in a hillside, basically, in some sewers. Um, and I, w- I was saying to, uh, I think, Kavino um, on, on TeamSpeak yesterday, and I was saying that one of the things that's interesting about The Last of Us, and this is, this is the same with pretty much all the Naughty Dog games, uh, is that the actual gameplay doesn't really change very much. If you think about something like Uncharted, Uncharted 2, Uncharted 3, and The Last of Us, the actual gameplay is kind of the same. Okay. It's it's basically a third-person cover shooter, um, and and even in The Last of Us, you 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 will often walk into those kind of I don't really want to call them killing rooms, but you know what I mean, where you you enter the level and you'll see spaced out in front of you several waist-high kind of objects, walls, or you know cars. Uh, things blocking away that you can kind of rush to, hide behind the cover, pop out and shoot, go to the next bit, pop out. Do you know what I mean? That kind of setup. It's almost like an arena, if you like. And even with that, you know, you kind of walk in, you see all this happening and you you may have houses on one side or office buildings or whatever. So it's a fairly walled in area. Um, So the, the gameplay itself isn't particularly new. It's not particularly, uh, you know, inventive or anything like that. The whole, what Naughty Dog do so well is with their storytelling and with their, the way they create atmosphere in a game, it makes you forget all that. It makes you forget that this is basically a reskinned kind of Uncharted and, and stuff, because it kind of is. But the whole tension, the whole theme of the, the game makes it that much better. And that much, well, not better, it's just different. It's a darker game. It's it's much more intense. But it, um, do you, know, do you know what I mean, though? It's, it's, the gameplay hasn't particularly evolved, I don't think. Um, have you got you? I take, take it both of you have played the Uncharted games, yeah? I, yeah. yeah. Well, I played uh, the second one for a bit. Didn't really understand the magic behind it, to be honest with you. Well, I think, and again, I think with, with Naughty Dog, what it is is about how they... So the Uncharted games are basically Indiana Jones. You know, it's it's that kind sure. of thing. And you play it with that kind of gung-ho. Woohoo, I'm playing Indiana Jones. Let's go and kill lots of things and climb up things and swing and go and find artifacts. And it's all it's all cheerful. And you, you always know when you play an Uncharted game that the kind of the holy trio, um, you know, of, of kind of Drake, Sully and Elena, 
nothing's going to happen to these guys. They're, they're going to make it through. It's like watching any Indy isn't going to die. You know what I mean? No. That's not what these things are about. These are feel good kind of, um, you know, action films, big Hollywood blockbuster things. And the last of us is kind of similar to that in the sense that it's got that very movie feel, but, um, so dark, uh, I, I don't know. It's just really hard to tell you. I and mean, again, you can't say much, but what they do so well in the last of us is they create these little stories. It's always these little vignettes of kind of, you meet a character and it's the story of what happens to that character or, um, do you know what I mean? The way that plays out. Yeah. That's, that's what hits you. It's not necessarily the game. The game is, is good. It's a really solid game, but, um, it's the story and the way they tell it and the other characters you meet and the way they interact with you and that feeling of tension. I mean, a great example was um, when I was on, when I was in these sewers and things, there's a minute where it's basically, it's, it's, it's not pitch black, but it's, it's, it's dark. You can't see, but you can kind of, you know, there are lots of these infected around. And if you, if you pull in one of the triggers, you kind of use this. Um, it's basically a cheat. It's, it's kind of your, your what they call his kind of hearing where he basically it's one of those things you get in like dishonored where it allows you to see through walls and it marks where the the people are where the infected are or whatever so you kind of right, see yeah. that sort of um ability to see through walls if you like which if you ramp up the difficulty if you put it on on hardcore or whatever you want to call it that's not even an option you know you can play it really god knows how you'd make it through some of these levels without it though it's it's <laughs> would be really hard but one of the great things about it was, you know, the combat is fairly clunky. Um, and a lot of the times I'll say, you know, if you play Call of Duty, you just basically, you, you know what you're doing. You don't have to think about your controller at all, do you? You just, sure. yeah. it's smooth. You point, you're so used to it. Playing something like The Last of Us or even the Uncharted games, sometimes I have to sort of double think about things like, oh, yeah, I need to pull out, I need to pull L2 to do that. Or I need to, hang on, I've got to line up my, you know. And, and one of the things that they've actually made it work quite well is it instills that feeling of panic. So I had these infected kind of in this dark place and one after another, they were kind of finding me and charging towards me. And I was kind of, oh my, what am I doing here? And I was kind of grabbing with the controller, kind of going, shit, 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 what is it? And then suddenly you'd pull the trigger and the shotgun would go off and you'd boom, you know, and this, this, you'd see this kind of infected fly across me. But the light of the shotgun blast had seen the other zombie that's coming to you from the right and you kind of swing around and you're still scrubbing with the controller saying, shit, what, but listen to me go, fuck, what's going on here? And it really brought that, that feeling of panic. So whether they meant to do it or not, um, it just it just seemed to sort of all blend in I'm, and work pretty really well. I'm surprised you're carrying on with this, considering how yeah. easily scared you are. Yeah, um, I agree. I it's it's really hard. And actually, because I played that I played that session through on the on the sun on the Saturday night, and um, I meant to go back. I had a little bit of time on Sunday afternoon, and I had a little bit of time on um, Sunday night, and I couldn't put it back in the drive just yet. Because I was still so sort of like uh, affected, I probably suppose is the best way. So that that part of that was quite emotional, and I didn't really want. I just wanted time. To, I just want time to kind of save and go. Okay, that's that chapter done with. I just need to sit back a little bit. I don't want to throw myself into it again straight away. Um, and I had to actually go and find something else to play just to take my mind off it. Something that was, you know, light-hearted, nothing Cheerful. to do. Not necessarily, but just a, completely away from that kind of thing, um, and um, that leads that kind of leads me on to my next game. So, do you want to say anything more about the Last of Us? Have any of you two played it yet? I mean, I know Clark. Oh, I hasn't. haven't. 
No. Oh, you know, it's, no. I, it's a console game, isn't it? Yeah. It's a it is a system seller for me. I mean, maybe if you didn't get on with Uncharted and that whole control mech, maybe there's a a thing there where you might kind of oh, maybe not, maybe you is, know. Is it does it control like um, Uncharted? Yeah, it does. Oh, it's okay. almost identical. Um, okay. So if you, if you can't handle that, then then don't bother. But I think you'd be missing. I, I really honestly think, and I know we're still in that sort of. Um, lull where i mean for example bioshock infinite when that came out everyone was like, oh it's the greatest game ever it's the greatest game ever and then after about two or three weeks everyone was like oh yeah, yeah and it had all these and the, 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 the fucking bins you know um <laughs> so i'd still go on about those bins um i'm not getting that with the last of us this game's been out a couple of weeks now and that's normally enough for people to start turning around and going, oh, yeah, but you forgot about this, and, oh, it shouldn't have got a 10, it shouldn't have got sure. a 9 or whatever. And actually, I think um, I think I was, uh, you know, for me, it kind of defines the console generation that's just been. Yeah, I heard you say that last week, um, and I was interested as in to what you what you're referring to with that. Purely for my own, I'm just trying to understand what, you're, what you meant. I think, I think what I mean by that is that... Um, if you think about something like the Xbox One, yes, that, it's not the Xbox One, the original Xbox. Okay, we're, gonna, we're not going down <laughs> that line. Fuck the big black. Oh, cross! You can't even say the big black box, can you? Because they're the same bloody thing. The first Xbox, the original okay. Xbox, <laughs> that one, the Mark One. Yeah, the big bloody X. Um, that was kind of defined by first-person shooters. That's what it brought to the the table, really. That kind of defined its whole... It went from, you know, Halo through the Call of Duties, through all that sort of stuff. That, that's kind of what defined it, in a way. You think about most of the games of the Xbox One... Uh, ah, the original Xbox brought to you. That they kind of, it kind of invented and defined. That's what was the Xbox One was about. It was about that kind of um, first-person shooter angle. This generation, I feel, has been much more about kind of third-person blockbuster movie-type things. Gears of War, the Uncharted games, stuff like that, even things like Infamous and, and, and whatever. That's that's how it feels to me. And this is kind of, I mean, lots of people are saying this is like the PS3 swan song, and I think in a way they're right, but I think it's more than that. I think it's kind of the generation's pinnacle because it's, it's a third-person cover-based shooter, which is kind of what's been very prevalent in this generation of consoles. Yeah. It's... Um, very thematic it's got it's got basically zombies in it which is all we've seen for the last three bloody years it's true it's it's trying to be it's not trying to be a movie it almost is a movie in many ways um but whereas i, I think something like telltale walking dead games were just i don't think that I, i'm not still not sure you can class them as a game the interaction you could have it was, was small i think they were a good storytelling thing but i don't think they stand up as a game as such um Whereas this is very definitely, you know, a game. But that's that's what I mean by it kind of defines it. It's the kind of the pinnacle of where this console generation has gone. It's kind of taken us to this is what we can achieve on these consoles. It's a big movie like experience that can affect you emotionally very easily. Um, it can play like a, a big a big cinema screen epic. It can feel like that, but it can also feel very intimate. It can also feel very emotional and that's kind of what the last of us brings to the table and when i say it's a system seller i honestly think that you know if you've got 200 quid burning a hole somewhere (laughs) yeah because we all have that um you know 
you could do far worse than to buy a PS3 with The Last of Us in a year's subscription to PS Plus because you, you wouldn't need to buy much else, to be perfectly honest. And I do think that it's just one of those games that is of its time. Um, whether it will stand the test of that, you know, in 10 years' time, whether people will be going back to it like they do with the original Halo and kind of go, oh, it's still as good as it ever was, I don't know. But I think it, it very, very definitely defines its place in time and what this console generation was about. Okay, that's interesting. So apart from me at the very beginning of this saying I don't want to go on about The Last of Us, having just spent the last 20 minutes talking about The Last of Us, I'm going to go on to something else that um, Clark yeah, and I have both that's, tw- that's 20 minutes you could have been playing The Last of Us and then well, sending it on to me. <laughs> anyway, carry on. Yeah, that would be no fun though, would it? <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> so... Um, yeah, okay. So uh, then um, just before that came out, we had uh, a little bit of Vita love because Hotline Miami got released on the Vita. Oh, so that's why you were playing. I couldn't work out why you were both playing. I was like, why have you waited that long? Okay. Because I never picked it up on the PC because I just didn't think it was my kind of thing, in, in all honesty. Uh, when it came out on PC, um I, I saw, saw a few go, and I just, I just didn't. It didn't catch me. It just wasn't that kind of, you know what I mean. I didn't get that. that I looked at it, just thought, well, it's not really for me. It's top down, um, very fast paced kind of twin stick shooter. Is what it looked like to me. It's not quite a twin stick shooter, but that's kind Bamsie, of. What... You love top down. Oh boy, <laughs> this is why I don't go camping with you, Clarky. Oh god. Um, so. Uh, yeah, so this came out on Vita, and um, I kind of picked it up on a whim, mainly because I've been hearing an awful lot of things about how it just fitted the Vita, and the Vita is kind of where it should be, and the screen made it look brilliant, and the soundtrack and everything else. And I picked this up on um, on, on on the Wednesday or whenever it was, whenever it came out, and I must have played it for a good couple of hours straight. I think it's a, a brilliant game. I'm crap at it, um, but you have to play it with headphones because the soundtrack is just just immense it oh, is good brilliant. so you know i think that's great so i'm gonna let um clarky talk about it a little bit because i've, I've gone on for far too long so you know because i know you've played it clarky what do you reckon i think it's absolutely brilliant um again could it be one of those games that i've not played on the pc but just seems to feel at home on the vita maybe i think or i can you... see that I, I mean i kind of didn't it didn't pull me in properly on the PC game? It was quite I mean, fiddly, but I, I don't know. I mean, so you, I, I could see on how it might play more comfortably on a kind of were you padding it or were you mousing it? Mouse on the keyboard. Obviously. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people have just said don't because it's it's just it's almost impossible on a mouse apparently. No, the controls are it controls very well on the Vita with the analog sticks. I was actually uh, quite impressed with that because I was wondering how they'd uh, sort of transition the controls over. But uh, very straightforward to play. And I, I love the, um, yeah, it's a very difficult game, but there's no, obviously, it, it's kind of designed that way and there's no pissing about when it comes to you dying. It's sort of you die and you start straight away and you think, right, what did I do wrong there? What can I do right this time? Mm-hmm. Uh, to the point where on your 20th, 30th attempt, you find it finally clicks what to do and you just sort of blitz through all of these uh, bad guys, which just kind of adds to the whole uh, guns and gore uh, atmosphere to it, which I think is fantastic. It's really hypnotic as well, isn't it? You kind of, you really zone out to it. It is. And I, I just think it's, 
I, it just seems to get everything right. I mean, the fact, you know, the 80s feel. Mm. Um, it, I, I, I'm really taken about it. It's, it is a very, very good game. And like you say, uh, I was I mentioned the other night that the kids had bought me some uh, little gaming headphones, the uh, Turtle Beach M1s. And uh, mm. Vimes, you recommended that uh, I pick this up because it sound uh, make a good test for my headphones so as per usual where Vimesy goes I follow <laughs> and I picked it up as well but it, it, it's it's brilliant I mean I, again I can't like you say Vimesy I, I can't really see myself ever picking this up on the PC short of it well short of me picking it up in a humble bundle or something but I mean that's not to say the PC, the PC version is the original version and no doubt uh, Obviously has a lot of love as well, but I, I just feel again it's it, it's just one of those nice little indie games that the uh, the, the Vita and Sony and Hall are uh, kind of embracing a lot at the moment. And I mean they're they're bringing an awful lot to. It. I mean I, oh yeah, I, you know I follow Sha- that Shahid. Um, I can't remember his second name. I'm really sorry, but on, on Twitter and Shahid Kamal Ahmed. Isn't that's it? right. Yeah, because I think the Night Shift did an interview with him not so very long ago. I, I, um, I know. Uh, after we mentioned Gunpoint and me saying, well, I hope it comes to the Vita one day, I know I did mention it to him and he kind of, I kind of got one of those, well, you know, never say never responses. But I wouldn't be surprised if he did. I mean, it's just, there's news today that sort of Proteus is being, um, is going to be brought to the Vita and the PlayStation, I think, as well, but I think the Vita as well, which, you know, that's that's almost a very definite. You can't get much more indie than that. You know, it's just one of those... That's just a bizarre game that you wouldn't normally see on a, I guess what you class as a kind of a AAA console, if you like. But they, they are going out of their way to call indie developers at the moment, which is which is great. And you know, Hotline Miami really, really works on the Vita, and for seven quid, um, it's worth it just to listen to the tunes because they're cracking. <laughs> yeah, they are, they are great, and uh, yeah, it, it, the best thing is as well. It's just one of those games you can pick up and literally play for five minutes there's no mm. i mean the, the story's while completely confusing is i've got min- a fucking clue what's Absolutely, going on yeah. in that story i'm sure i'm sure it's all going to make sense at some point or uh perhaps Almost maybe certainly. not yeah i wouldn't be that sure about it <laughs> well they've just announced a sequel haven't they yep yep which i should have called hotline three wrong number but you know there we go i don't get that no, don't worry, it's called Hotline 2, wrong number, but if they'd have called it Hotline 3, it would have been the wrong number, and therefore the joke would have worked. But don't worry about it. <laughs> we'll, we'll add some candle <sighs> later on. But yeah, loving Hotline Miami. Anyway, Vamsey, since you jumped over to me, I can see that you've got one more thing that you've been playing this week. I have, and this this is this is um, all the last of us's fault, um, because like I said, I wanted to play something that was completely different, and I ended up going for... Um, a demo of a game I'd never actually thought about playing um, ever. And it's um, a trading card game called Magic 2014. And um, Magic the Gathering is, I think, is it the number one trading card game in the world or something like that? I think it's a safe assumption. I don't know for certain. Yeah, and it's... uh, uh, having never played one before, I was a bit like, Whoa, I don't understand this, but um, it's on Steam, it's on the 360, and it's on iOS, and I had problems getting the demo down on Steam, so I ended up playing on the 360. Uh, and then I also got it down on the, the, the iOS, just the demos at the moment, but I'll be picking it up on, on Steam um, as well, because it's actually quite good. Um, 
I'm not quite sure why it's quite good. Um, it, it's basically a, a trading card game. So you, you basically um, start with a deck of cards. Uh, I think you get 60 in, in your deck. And they're all sorts of different types of... You have creature cards, you have spells. You, I think they're called sorceries. And you have instants, which are like um, spells you can use instantly. And you have... Um, things called land which you know there's certain different types of land which basically define what kind of mana you've got and you build up your mana allowing you to sorry use more and more powerful creatures or better spells or whatever and it's basically a combat game so you know i lay down a card and then you you have a you know i might lay down something like a a zombie or something and then you might lay down something like a, a a rune claw bear or something and then they would basically you match those two up and it's a bit like top trumps with uh with tactics i think is how it was described to me but apparently there's a fair there's a few people on the forum we're gonna um try playing this and well, do, you I get, do, do you get some sort of animation when your cards it's sorted? it's kind of yeah you do you kind of get that animated thing where um you know you 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 kind of you lay down a card and it'll graphic out to sort of showing you the card being put into the middle of the play area and then when you kind of attack so you just get kind of like you know yeah blood splatters across the card and things like this it's nothing particular it's not cinematic anything like that i always saw this as a bit of a missed opportunity with the the kind of the augmented reality the ar cards you get with the 3ds and vita yeah i'm amazed they haven't pulled something like that something like skylanders yeah exactly uh, with magic the gathering i'm amazed they haven't done this yet but there's something like ten thousand different types of cards so maybe that's too many to turn into a skylanders franchise i don't know but you know yeah, if you were to that's go... a lot of money they can make though isn't it <clears throat> well it, oh, it, yeah. it, it is I, I had a discussion with this with the uh, with odd gamer who's the uh kind of our expert on card related games and he is indeed developing one of his very own absolutely nice little plug for it there i'm sure he'll be happy yeah and we just couldn't see why no one had thought of doing this you know you sell your pack of cards for a pound in the news agent you whack it in front of you you know your tablet games console that has a camera on it and you know you've got two cards your little characters do fights and it'd be a massive seller mm. why has nobody done it uh, they, why am they, I even mentioning this? Why I don't know why you're mentioning this. You, you want to be ringing up magic and saying, I've got this idea, chaps. You know, but I, I think the, 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 the interesting thing about this the thing that interests me particularly is that um, I've always liked those sort of group kind of things where you be D&D or, or whatever. Um, trading card games has always been one of those things. It's a bit, it's, it's kind of on the edge of, you know, we're, tra- we're traversing away from geek into, you know, the darker, darker realms of geekness. Darker geek. Darker geek, yes. And um, it's it's always kind of like, oh, I don't know about this. this. This seems a bit weird. But actually playing it, it's it's quite good fun and it's um, it's quite addictive. Uh, and I'd like to try. There's a few people I think we're going to hook up at some point over the the week, and we're going to try sort of getting some multiplayer games because I haven't got a fucking clue what the hell I'm doing. Yeah, but I would say, I'll, is, be I mean, honest, I'll be honest. I'll be honest. It's why I kind of stayed clear of it because. I know a lot of people who are like kind of classic Magic the Gathering players who played in the 90s, used to buy all the booster packs, used to buy the when the when a new launch would come out, they'd buy the, like a couple of the boxes for them. <laughs> um, and it's one of those things I'm thinking, man, coming into this, a 20-year-old card game now kind of frightened me a little bit. I thought, well, I just want to get in there and get completely destroyed. So no, I, I kind of... I think kind of, it works like that. Um 
my understanding is that you, you, you and again i've watched a few videos you know <laughs> i'm not next oh, by any means whatsoever but um the thing i would say about it is is that the you can have fun just with the basic that they give you you know they give you a basic right. deck of cards and what i mean and, and again i'm talking about the computer version here i'm fairly sure the real world version there are, you know, you can buy the, the the core pack, which comes with a couple of boosts, and you can buy boosts if you want and all this sort of thing. But one of the ideas that you, is that later on you kind of build your own deck, so you decide what type of creatures you want in there and what kind of thing. But you always limit your deck to say sixty cards, all right? And that's, so there's like a limit on how many cards you can you can have sitting there. So it's not like you can turn up with 120 in your deck, and because you've only just started, you've only got 60. Okay. You know? So then, you know, you, you can kind of do what you want, but the kind of the, the I think the, the kind of the, the 60 is kind of the norm, if you like. Um, and I don't want to go on too much about it because I don't know enough about it to mention it. We might need to get somebody on, actually, who knows what they're talking about at some point to kind of show us what the hell's happening. Okay. okay but, good idea. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm playing this, and I would say this about it. I would say the, the, the demos they've got on, um, I mean, I've played... The, the 360 version now and i've played the ios version both are very good um and the pc version i will pick up because that's that's the, the mode i pretty probably want to play it on although the ios version is actually pretty good as well but the the tutorials they have on that are really good and really do walk you through kind of what happens how to play what cards you can play at what time all that sort of thing and also if you youtube um magic the gathering tutorial there are some actually done by the magic group who are presented by these two relatively annoying American teenagers. Um, <laughs> but there's a series of about six videos, which basically run you through the basics of, of playing the game. And so for, for the sake of like half an hour's worth of watching, it's a very good introduction to the game. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And I think we've chosen this as our next big thing. So I'm expecting you all to have played this by this time next week. Oh no! It's, uh, we can kind of use this as a shout out to the uh, the folks out there. Um, the clock has started. Vams' approximate seven to ten day window of interest in this has now begun. So that's right. If you fancy a game against a man, pick it up quick. Yep, because you've got about a week. Yes. There we go. <laughs> now I, I'm going to quickly move on to my to my one other game aside from oh, Hotline Jesus. Miami, uh, which I'm going to skirt over very briefly because. It's now, about a... hang, now, hang on, Clarky. I have to say, I was absolutely stunned that John hadn't heard of Animal, animal Crossing before on last week's show. Well, uh, it's, cu- it's cute and cuddly. And... I mean, Animal Crossing... So is John. Yes, true, he is. Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, it's one of Nintendo's biggest franchises in, in how successful it's been. I was... But as John would be the first to tell you, you know, I think you're confusing him for someone who knows something about games. That's true. Sorry. <laughs> But yeah, still, he's very clear about this. <laughs> yes, um, I agree. Yeah, absolutely. But no, my uh, a lot of my time this week's been taken up with this game, which seems to be integrating itself into my lifestyle. In that, uh, every morning for the past week, I've come downstairs in the morning, made myself a cup of coffee, sat down in my chair, and started up Animal Crossing New Leaf, Same. just to do your, uh, you, you know, your, your little your, your daily chores, Ladies. like yeah shaking trees to get furniture out of them sorry what 
chicken and trees to get furniture out of them. Every this is day, a normal occurrence, is it? It is, yeah. Every day, um, the, the, it, in a way, the game kind of resets and puts items at various points throughout your uh, your little town area. Um, so if you if you run around shaking trees, you'll get things like coins out of them. Uh, beehives, you need to be careful of those because you'll get stung by bees and you'll end up with a nasty sore eye for a few hours. <laughs> And yeah, uh, and you get furniture out of them as well, or, or little items that you can use to decorate your uh, ever-expanding house. But yeah, yeah this... expand if you keep buying furniture every day. No, I did. I, I, I've actually got some pretty cool stuff. I know Cube gave me. Uh, he gave me the. He gave me the pipe with the uh, piranha plant in it from Mario Brothers, which you know, the little piranha plant comes up and down and up and down. Oh, my God, I sound like an absolute loser talking about this, don't I? Well, I weren't going to be the first day, but then again, I have just spent the last 10 minutes talking about a trading card game. Well, there we go. Well, no, it, it, it is... I mean, I apologise. Nobody's losers playing Animal Crossing. It's brilliant. It kind of... It kind of takes that gameplay you get on iOS games like, I don't know, Pocket Planes, where, you know, you're not getting everything straight away. You've, you've, you've to take your time with it. In, I know on that pocket planes, you'll put people in a plane, set them off, and then you know you, you have to wait for an hour and a half unless you spend money on them trying to get the planes faster. But that, that's just not an option in Animal Crossing, which is uh, which is good. It's just it's just a game you play at a leisurely place. At a I, pace just and... I just don't get it. I need to I need to have something that says you know to drive me on, and this this doesn't seem to have anything. But it, it is it's. it's I can't explain it. It's just addictive. It, it, it's one of those things. I don't know. It, it sort of tricks you into a routine, so you can you kind of thinking, you know, I better go and do this and that, otherwise I'm going to miss out on thirty thousand bells worth of money that I can be putting towards the uh, suspension bridge project. Oh, no, I know. So, I, com- I completely get this. I mean, the, the, I, I think what it says, Clarky, as well, though, is that. You, no, 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 no. I'm not going to say anything <laughs> negative about it. Is that actually you probably would love MMOs quite a lot. Don't get him on an MMO. But that's that, that's what it. Whereas I, I personally believe, Vimes, you, you're, that you're never like an MMO particularly. I know. You keep saying this to me. I think Clarky has that that personality that me as a person that publishes MMOs goes, oh yeah, he's he's the tasty victim we can use. <laughs> um, well, you know, BC, if you want to send any. Uh... As yet unrevealed betas or alphas, not more than Get in the queue. Oh no, no, you, you, you should up you, Mister Seven Day Attention Span. I, I'm the new number one boy now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I've, I mean, I've tried a few MMOs, but it, I don't know. I really need to try. Obviously, give them a bit more time. No, no I, you don't. You no, don't. I do. I do. You should, you should up you. Go and play your console games. Go and finish the last of us. <laughs> <laughs> Just so you can have it, then you'll get off the MMOs. Yeah. Shh, don't tell oh. BC that. Oh. Anyway, we digress. BC, no, really? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. BC, we're uh, we're putting it down to you to save uh, save the content on this uh, mainly PC based podcast that we hear host. Well, luckily, thank goodness, that's all I pretty much play. Um, uh, I funny, it's funny you should mention Magic, really, because for some reason I've had an inkling to play a card S game. I haven't really played any before. Um, so it's quite strange that there's been a kind of magic. It's, I, I don't think it's been related to magic being around, but I've actually tried something and I um, picked up a Might and Magic Jewel of Champions, which is the free to play 
um, card game, trading game. So without the trading, it's a bit weird. Um, it's, from what I can gather, very similar to Magic. As again, I haven't played Magic, so I can't really uh, assess exactly, but certainly I had some friends who are, as I said, stalwart Magic fans, and they've tried Dual Champions, and they kind of agree, actually, it's quite similar too. So it's a... Um, available on iOS and uh, PC that I can tell so far. I don't think it's on the consoles. And it's a as pretty much pretty much copy paste of what you said about Magic, really. To be honest, Vimesy. Yeah. Um, the only difference is that it is completely free to play. Um, it, they, there's loads of codes online to kind of pick up, help get decks and cards and so on. Um, I'm quite enjoying it. I mean, it's very PvP based, but there is a campaign as well, so you can go kind of against the computer campaign. Um, it's I'm going to keep playing it for now. I'm, I'm quite enjoying logging in and kind of building my deck up. But as I said, it's missing one core feature, which is trading. So you can spend money to buy decks and buy booster packs and buy boxes, but you can't trade those cards away. So if you get cards, like loads of duplicates or cards you don't want or cards that don't fit with your hero, which is you kind of build your set around, well, you're kind of fucked, really. So it's a bit of a strange one. Apparently the trading's being added in later on, but it does feel like they've kind of... I feel sorry if it's, I've seen forum posts where people kind of have put dropped like £100 on Whoa. boxes. Oh. And they've got loads of cards they can't use because it's not part of their build and they don't know what to do with the cards. Now, I've heard that there's a system where you can kind of burn cards to get other cards, but it sounds like a massively wasteful thing to do. Um, so it, they could have dropped the ball quite massively on that, to be honest. If... I mean, I don't know if... I mean, I presume that Magic... 2014 um has a trading element to it but i've not i've not gone you know i haven't gone past the demo yet and i, I imagine that would be locked and you'd have to buy a booster packet and i don't know how they do that with the digital content i've got no idea mm. so i don't know if that's the same thing in you know i understand if you're playing it person to person you know in real life apparently that happens you know you could meet somebody and trade by giving them a physical card and taking another card back. I don't know how they do that digitally. I just don't, I have, don't know if that's something that it would be great if they could do that because that's kind of the point. It would be like a little marketplace yeah. on steamware or wherever it is, or, you know, that you can actually go I'd, and trade, trade cards and stuff. That would, that you for me, definitely would, can trade cards. In magic. I'd be, I'd be, well, even on the, the digital version. Yeah. I'm, I'm, Cause oh, a friend this, of mine was talking about it. Not because we had a conversation at the weekend about it, and he was saying that it's amusing because you get still get like foil cards, like the premium cards, mm-hmm. and they're technically exactly the same set. They've got like a kind of it's silver or a, sil- a, a silver kind of pixel. Yeah, yeah. so it kind of, silver, gold, and red, I think it is. Um, and he said he just gets those, and he just sells them, and if he wants that card, he replaces it with another one, the, the, the original, and makes like pounds each time oh, he does it. This could be expensive. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's. Uh, but yeah, George Hemsworth, I would say it's worth a whirl. Only thing I'll say about it is the. I don't know. You said that Magic ran quite well on the iOS. I'd say for my my mini, it, my iPad mini, it's probably the worst game I've ever come across playing on it. It's just mm-hmm. uh, the fonts really aren't formatted very well. It's really hard to read. I have uh, been looking online actually, just as you as you were talking about it on my iPad, and the biggest 
problem people are having with this game. They haven't made, I haven't read anything yet about not being able to trade, but is is the UI and and the way it's it, the graphics and stuff on the actual iOS version. So I'd say popular. I'd say it's almost identical to the PC version. If that makes sense. So if yeah. you can imagine, that's when you've got like a whopping great monitor like I've got, and you compared to an mm. iPad, it's just not scaling the the details of the cards well enough. So you re- it's really hard to read what a card will do necessarily. Right, a bit fiddly at least. Um, anyway, Astral Champions, I'd say it's worth a punt for free, as always. Um, then I got into a game that I, I know that Vimesy really loved last week. It's Dungeon shit. Land. It's shit. Now, <laughs> what I was saying is it was shit because you couldn't work the game. Is that yes, right? that's basically yeah. what I'm saying. <laughs> Therefore, it's shit. Nothing to do with me, nothing to do with my computer, nothing to do with any technical prowess that I may or may not have. <laughs> now, I, I actually played this... Um, uh, last week, and it was kind of um, I only had, only had a few goes of it really, but it was because it, some... it wouldn't work for you. No, oh. um, it was because it was just people on Teamspeak were wanted to play it, and I just downloaded it <laughs> so we could play it together. Um, and it worked. Yes, <laughs> no problems at all. Um, I, I thought it was really good fun. I thought for a, it's kind of a. Uh, like was like a role playing game and, and a kind of tabletop role playing game where you've got somebody who's a dungeon master putting the monsters down in the dungeon, um, and you, so you someone can play the evil monster um, spawner, which is of course the best role, um, and everyone else kind of runs through the the map trying to kind of progress through the dungeon as you're playing cards as the as the mo- as the kind of monster master whatever they call it mm. to fuck up their day. Um, I thought it was really good fun. I thought it was it was just you get to it's, on Teamspeak. It's great because you hear the the kind of victim squealing or you're shouting at somebody who's screwing you over or whatever else. I, I thought it was really good. So it was kind of there was three three playable characters. And the first round up was me as a like a mage character and a warrior and a kind of um, uh, ranged kind of bow kind of gauntlet esque in many ways mm. um, going through the dungeon. It's all kind of very Almost it's Nintendo, colourful, isn't it? For a Nintendo yeah. palace, yeah, it's no actually, doubt about it. it. Yeah. Moving through this kind of fun, funnish design dungeon, kind of with monsters dropping down and kind of pressing through to the end boss, and you kind of got progressive points as you go through. Um, I, I thought for it was yeah, a few pounds, it was too yeah, quick. for a few pounds, well worth a go. Particularly if you're going to play as friends together, and particularly if you're going to be on Teamspeak and can talk because that adds the, the, the amusement when you're kind of sit there going oh you can say that about nearly any game if you play you can, Aliens Colonial Marines was good if you played it with mates I'll take you short up <laughs> well, so I've been told yeah um, so I've heard um Yes, I agree that makes games better, but I think that with Dungeon Land, because of the style of game that it is, that it is multiplayer, um, particularly the three or four of you, you can really have good fun in certain roles, listening to each other talk, or the panic of people when you're doing stuff, and they go, I think he's done this, and you haven't done that, and you've done something else to kind of fall. Yeah, I mean, I, ne- I never got a chance to see any of that. <laughs> I got about 30 seconds into every game and then it just died on me. So I'm not going to come. I know people I know who are playing it. I trust to know it's a good game. You know, I just say shit for a laugh. I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's a fine game. I just can't 
you know, I can't get it to work. So for me, it's not such a fine game. But, you know, but I also I also wonder, you know, how many more bloody Diablo-esque games do I need? I mean, sorry, action RPG Um, or whatever. I'd say this is different. I'd I'd say this is quite different to Diablo in that, in the concept, because it really is, it's more about the experience of someone else who's constructing that dungeon. Yeah, I mean, it's got that dungeon um, master element to it. Um, and hmm, I, I didn't say Diablo didn't did not feel like that kind of game that it was. No. So that makes sense. When you play Torchlight, you can kind of feel this is very Diablo esque. This didn't feel like that at all. Um, however, a game later on I'm going to talk about is kind of like Diablo. In fact, I'm going to go straight to that because I think that's probably a nice segue if you can get it in. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> I managed to get myself into the closed beta of the Mighty Quest for Epic Loot. Um, hey which um, I'm assuming you guys have heard about. I, I must admit, I think I'm probably the only person who actually really, really liked the E3 trailer for this. I thought it was hysterical. It's... Um, how The best way to describe this game is Diablo mixed with a tower defence game is the best way to describe it. And I love tower defence. So what it is, you, you choose your, your um, saviour or dungeon... Uh, keeper or dungeon attacker, as you look at it, and it, you, it, both of those things well, kind of a, a warrior, a um, assassin, and a mage. I do understand this is remarkably similar to Dungeon Land in that regard. Um, in fact, I've got quite a lot. Of- oh, it's the same as Torchlight as well. <laughs> it is. And Diablo. Um, so it's a very cartoony environment, and the, the trailers definitely give you the tone of where the, where the game is. and how I, you start off is you, you, you I've p- p- picked the warrior. I'd, I had a feeling the actual ones I didn't realise at the time were actually locked out anyway because of the beta. Um, but I played ch- chose the warrior anyway. Um, and you start off attacking a dungeon, which is a drawbridge drops down as you approach it and you run in and there's basically there's a gribblies in the dungeon which you you mash your way through, trap avoid traps and get into the dungeon and you get loot. Um, gems, uh, gold, and experience mm-hmm. for doing so. All quite kind of simple, nothing really exciting. I'd say the dungeons are actually really short. They're like one minute, two minutes long, something like that. Okay. Now, the other side of it is that you, as you kind of level up, and this becomes very kind of Animal Crossing S for Clarky here, because oh, it oh. relies upon... Well, because it relies upon you doing the old school kind of free-to-play, logging in to get your gold and and kind of build your dungeon up, which requires you being there because everything's kind of built on a timer and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the, so the other side is, is, is that, which is you're building a dungeon. So you make a dungeon for other players to attack. Right. Um, so that means that you get to place the corridors and place monsters and traps in a way that you think will be the most way to, effective way to stop them proceeding. And mm-hmm. so it's kind of a tip tit-for-tat kind of uh, you you send your adventure in to attack to try and earn gold um, people try and attack your dungeon to try and steal your gold and if they fail you get bonuses and experience and you have crowns which I still haven't worked out what they do yet um, and you, yeah, and from that you keep building experience keep building gold and keep making your dungeon tougher to, to, def- to defend and you also can level up uh, your equipment of your um of your warrior or mage mm-hmm. or assassin character. Um, it's, 
it was quite depressing when you realised that half your gold has been stolen and you haven't logged in for a day and someone's just <laughs> thrashed the really crap out of the dungeon. Um, but it's quite a cunning thing because you can revenge people as well. It'll tell you who you log in, it will show you who's attacked you and they'll, you can even make comments on people saying, oh, this was, this was really difficult. <laughs> this was really, and it, and it encourages to rate them as well. If you rate them, you get an XP reward. So it's quite cleverly done. Um, it's got some really nice ideas with it. Um, it runs through the kind of Uplay platform. Um, certainly from a login point of view. But I think this could be a really popular game going forward as a kind of a free-to-play example. I mean, because it does have the, the tedium of some of the free-to-play things, which are a bit Facebooky and mm. log in, oh, half an hour to build this, or I could spend gems to make it build now type thing. Um, I personally don't find attacking other people's dungeons that fun, but making my dungeon really unpleasant, I find quite good fun. So how can I mean, because... Uh, this is the bit I think it's if I'm designing a dungeon and I don't want somebody get to get to my gold. Yeah. What restricts you from just you resources, know, everything, shitloads of stuff in one room that just falls on them as soon as they walk in? Um, you know, do you know what I mean? That kind sure. of sure. They've really kind of covered that anyway. It, it's all um, you have resources here. And you can so currently I only can have four rooms in my dungeon based upon how you have lots of experience you need to build up on other elements of the dungeon you've got like a monster spawner trap spawner you only can have x amount of enemies anyway and enemies that can only fit into an x space together so you have to try and it's balancing um enemies around and placing i've got i'll put like some site big cyclopses at the front line followed by these little snotling things that spit in the distance mm-hmm. So and then you put I put some like resurrection I think they're called voodoo summoners or something like that at the back who can keep raising anything that dies. So you try and design it so it's a, a awkward to proceed through because the idea is you want them to fail either die or mm-hmm. not get to the end of the timer because there's like a, a par timer. Oh, there. I see. Okay, yeah. So you've kind of got a race. The idea is to race through as quickly as you can and not die. So it's so if if they die, do yeah. you get? anything do you get like half their gold or do you, you get, get you just get loot from them. yeah so when i log in i can see who's failed who succeeded and i can actually loot their corpses in my dungeon okay that sounds interesting um so it's got some really good kind of hooks but it is frustratingly slow to build up a dungeon if that makes sense because you're like oh man i need to but it's uh, not just going to kind of punish you if you if you if you're a noob because you can have like one room with one goblin in it. And no, because it give, it scales you within level groups. Right. Okay. So you move up through the groups. Only thing I'll say is it's quite. I find attacking really difficult in the in a time limit. It's it's. I see other people playing. I'm thinking, fucking hell, you're just like one hitting my monsters, and I'm not doing that at all. Because um, you actually can replay other people's dungeon runs as well. So. You know, take the dungeon okay. and replay all their, their experience. You can go, what, what, why did they succeed? Why did they fail? And then you can tweak, tinker your dungeon to make it a bit more challenging or whatever. Yeah. I, I like that about it. Um, I, I think it's from a kind of meta game example, it's a really good idea. Well, I think also if you've got, you know, if you've got the whole of the, the, the Mature Gamer Podcast forum on this, that would be kind of awesome because you could literally just go, right, here's my dungeon. I'm going to go and bitch slap Clarkies. And then oh, nick all his gold, and then you know build yep. up my dungeon a bit more. But by the time I come back to my dungeon, you know John's already come in and set up his projector in my dungeon and yep. owned me or something. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be quite a good fun. I, I think I could see it happening. And let's face it, As will just win anyway. So yeah, pretty much. And, and I'll, I'll simply just wait until Famsy gets bored of the game after three to four days. Oh, move yeah. in. Mm-hmm. 
That's true. That is true. Um, but I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing a bit more about it. Um, it was obviously it's in closed beach at the moment, so it's kind of going out. I did double check; there's no NDA on it, so I can talk about it. Um, but yeah, that was. Uh, I'm going to be interested to see how that goes. Um, and I'm going to go into another dungeon-related game, as it appears to be quite fantasy slash dungeony this week from me. It does, um, isn't it? Uh, a iOS game called Dungelot or Dungelot. I can't determine if it's Dungelot. I don't think it's Dungelot. <laughs> it's Dungelot, um, which is a iOS uh, roguelike um, game. And as everyone knows, how much I love um, Binding of Isaac, that I quite like roguelike adventures. Um, I actually saw the review on Eurogamer and, and I checked it out. Um, it's a you choose an adventure. You start off with a like a, a paladin level kind of character, and you have tiles on a screen. And you have various powers you can use, fairly limited, but you, you you don't actually wander through a dungeon, so to speak. Your character kind of stays static at the bottom left, but you basically uncover tiles with your finger, just pressing, there's that, I must I don't know, 24 tiles on a screen. Yeah. And the idea is to basically find the key to the dungeon to go down to the next level. So it's Minesweeper? No. Not. Looks like Minesweeper. It looks like Minesweeper crossed with Plants v Zombies. No, it's not. It is it, as you go through. So you press your your, open, your break squares, which could have nothing in the in a, each room or square. Have a look at depends how you look at it. Could be a monster in there. Some monsters have got ranged attacks. Some you can attack from where they are, and you can basically click on them to attack them. Every time you attack them, they've got a chance of hitting you back, and that kind of depletes your health. And the idea is to kind of proceed through a dungeon as much as you can. Um, where you fall earlier on in the game, when you next go through in the dungeon, that corpse will be there, and you can loot that corpse to try and get more gold and more more health to proceed further through. Um, when I read the review from you, again, it was quite difficult. They had they, they kind of struggled with it. I found it quite easy, and like pretty much my second playthrough, third playthrough, I already unlocked all the characters um, because it was kept, because the deeper you get in the dungeon, the more characters you unlock effectively. And mm-hmm. by I think you get to level forty, I think something like that, fifty maybe. And it says endless gameplay. Yeah, so I don't know what that means. Well, because it's a roguelike, it just gets tougher and tougher and tougher until you die. Um, because mm. fighting will kill you. I mean, it's all about judging: do I fight here? Do I unlock the square? If I keep, because you do get bonuses from covering the entire dungeon. For example, on each level you get coins and life back. Right. Mm-hmm. But when you attack things, I said you get hit back, and so your life depletes out. Um, so it's for for a what was it a pit, a one cheap forty nine yeah, a cheap iOS game, and there is a light version as well. There is a light version. I didn't even go to that. I went straight to the, the full fat one made of money. Yeah, made of money. Um, <laughs> That's approximately three and a half quid you spent on games this week. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Um, actually, you're probably not far wrong. Actually, yeah. <laughs> it is. Um, the uh, it's for, it's a perfect iOS game because it's turn-based. There's no rush. When you're sitting watching the TV, you can stop, see what's going on, and just continue. It doesn't. There's no nothing's forcing you to proceed on. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. um, I, I'd say it's really worth a go. I mean, it's kind of got a very similar style to Battle Heart um, art style. If you've ever played that game on the iOS as well. No, it just, it just looks a bit like Plants vs. Zombies to me. It re- honestly really isn't. It's not like that at all. No, no, I mean, honestly, yeah, it no. looks like that. I mean, the game itself, just look, you look down at a kind of literally a grid, a 5 by 
six or seven quid or whatever it is but um you know with with icons on each tile but i just think the art style looks a little it's the art style not the actual game it's certainly cartoony certainly mm. cartoony mm. um of course as you know it's not no it's no kingdom rush vibes is, is no you? no i mean that's the problem i'm i'm i'm, t- I'm about to sort of dip into kingdom rush too because uh I've kind of basically maxed out Kingdom Rush 1. Yeah, I thought you might have done. Sorry. I love... I wish you hadn't, because I love... I get so addicted to tower defence games. It's a bitch. It really is. Yeah, it's great. I agree. Um, lastly, there's obviously nothing new to talk about, but um, I did have a cracking game of um, Left 4 Dead 2 earlier in the week. There's a few of us on the forum um, kind of got on, got, got onto a uh, uh, just a campaign map. Um, called Cold Streak or Cold Stream, Cold, I think. Cold Stream, I think oh, it is. Was... Um, yes. I haven't played it before, to be honest with you. First time I played that one. No, I've I, I played that map before. Um, it was actually when it was released for the 360. Um, uh, okay. I quite enjoyed this because I recall there being a certain section where you run up quite a tunnelled area. You're in a building and then you have to run up the river. Uh, and I remember being the allocated chainsaw user who basically just ran ahead and ran forward for as long as I can with the chainsaw blazing, trying to clear as many as the infected. It was it was a lot of fun. <laughs> that level was. It's um, it, it was it it was quite an intense experience actually because there's, there's four of us playing on Teamspeak again, adding to that lovely impact of the panicking, shouting, "Oh my god!" tank or hunter or something um, at each other. Uh, but it was quite an intense map. It, they. they the zombies were so horrifically spaced out that it was almost impossible. There were never-ending zombies. It just constantly um, besieging us. So that was that was a really good fun. And we unfortunately failed to complete the mission um, after no, several that, attempts. That, that's that's half the fun with Left 4 Dead. Too. I sure. mean, if you if you get on if you get on a game of that with a good group, there's hours of fun to be had. Which I think is just a testament to how good the game is. It's still being talked about. What was it four years since it came out now yeah absolutely no definitely completely agree but yeah that's that's me for the week okay brilliant um right i suppose we better talk about the next big thing which uh bc you can go and make a good brew if you want because you weren't involved in this one no no i was because i know i was on the show i oh fair well fair enough you can join in then i was just gonna send you away to sort me out with some mmo alphas but uh (laughs) we we can do that later yeah uh, i mean me and vamsey uh went straight well me vamsey and john went sort of balls deep in this straight after last week's uh podcast obviously after the uh brief segue we had into uh swedish erotica on the atari 2600 (laughs) <laughs> uh, yeah I, I'm, I'm sorry but that that game has the greatest tagline ever really he's now yeah. trying to find out what it is no no I, I've, <laughs> I've already brought this up it, it was a game called Philly Flasher just to go off tag, uh, tangent nice um, the, the description is absolutely it is one of a kind in which the player is tasked with controlling two male prisoners with visibly erect penises as they attempt to catch drops of breast milk lactated by a witch. Oh my god! So uh, yeah. Sorry, what was the name of the game? Um, well, it's actually it's actually a gender swap version of uh, oh a, a game called Be- Beat 'Em and Eat 'Em. Um, oh, no, I remember that one. Yeah. Yeah, we watched a video of that, didn't we, Ramsey? We, we we did watch. It. This is sound. So this was not while we were camping or anything. I just. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Yeah, but, uh, anyway, I digress. Uh, more on that in another episode, I'm sure. No, really, please. It's not. <laughs> yeah, War of the Roses. 
Um, I was quite dubious of this game because we started it up, and I know I don't think me and John needed to do the uh, the training levels. Which... I think we all did because we, you know me and oh, John yeah. bought it ages ago. We only played about. I played two hours of this game. Yeah, but uh, I, I, after playing the training, I, I really didn't think I was going to enjoy this. But then we uh, we, we got into it, and I was soon uh, I was soon straddling John, sticking my sword into him, which was a thoroughly enjoyable experience. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. Ramsey, what did you make of this? Sorry, I just I'm just trying to avoid any more of your puns. I'm but, sorry, uh, I, I couldn't resist. I've been practicing that one all week. Uh, it was um I, I i really enjoyed it i just don't know i think the problem with this game um for those of you who don't know it's war of the roses we, t- we talked about it obviously last week a little bit but it's uh a version basically it's a multiplayer only game it basically plays like battlefield conquest so you have various flag points five flag points on a map um and your team basically is trying to capture all the all the all the flag points to win the game, uh, and the other team are trying to do exactly the same thing. And you are playing it in the 14th century, or is it the 15th? I can't remember. 15th century, whatever it is, in the War of the Roses between some group of Northerners. And um, oh, <laughs> careful. <laughs> um, and you, you know you can choose to be like an archer if you want to, or you can be a, a pikeman or a swordsman or whatever. And that, basically, it's it's just you know you charge into battle and you swing your sword and you lop someone's head and you bash them over it until they die. And um, it's 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 quite enjoyable. I just find the combat's really tricky to to, to yeah. do anything like swinging your sword where you you kind of so you. you Standard first-person shooter controls where it's like, you know, WASTAB with the you know WSD to, to kind of move about and things like this. Your mouse look is working fine. But then to swing your sword, basically, you, you hold down your left mouse button and you move the mouse in the direction you want to swing. So if you want to chop from right to left, you hold down the left mouse button and you swing your mouse from right to left. And... That then swings your sword, and obviously, you know, some of the times you want to do it the other way. You want to go from left to right because you want to avoid the person's shield or something like that. But actually, that's quite hard to do when you're trying to maneuver and you're trying to mouse look and you're trying to, you know, and you end up just kind of spamming the same move all the time. Um, and lots of people just start off being archers because that's kind of standard first person fare. You know, you point, pull back, bow, shoot. Um, Which is exactly what I did. Yeah, I thought you might. I did. Uh... <laughs> Oh Jesus! See, there's me. I was like, "Fuck this! I'm going gung ho." I charge straight into the middle of this mess. And I must admit, the maps are quite um, the, the maps are quite good. Some of them are a bit too big for, um, for for the combat. I mean, if you've got a rifle, fine. But when you've actually got to get hand to hand, the maps the best the best maps seem to be the ones that those that kind of made you congregate all in sort of one place or there or thereabouts. Uh, so the you know the ones where you kind of in a in a not in a city centre or anything like that, but, you know, kind of like a little town or a village or something like that, because that's where all the action happens. And um, you get these classic moments where you sort of, you see a bloke, and it's, it, it, I've said Clark on the night, it's a bit like that scene in Star Wars where Han and Chewie go chasing after a solo <laughs> stormtrooper. Yes. And then you turn the corner and all of a sudden there's this massive army and you're like, oh, fuck, and you just turn around and you yeah. leg it back the other way. Because it is about numbers. It's about basically... Now, unless you're... when you say leg it, and this is one of my problems I have with the game, 
You mean slowly walk away from the enemy? (laughs) 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 It does say, you know, there's no sprint buttons this game, but your your speed picks up with the momentum as you keep going. So you start off, but you know, you press W and not much happens for the first second and a half, and then you start walking, and then you kind of pick up speed. But you are supposed to be a fully armored bloody knight, so I mean, you you know, they have got aspects to this which which you know and also i think you know we, we're playing as as very very basic characters and one of the really interesting parts of this game the bits i quite liked was the amount of customization you can make um with the x when you when you um when you compete and whatever you don't just earn xp to level yourself up you also learn gold and this gold then allows you to buy different things so it allow you to buy perks and things like this which basically means you know a perk might be that you can carry a different kind of bow or that you do a different kind of damage or something like this but you can also buy your kit so you can you can kit yourself out pretty much however you want as a kind of hybrid character you can dress yourself up in full light gear but with a massive great sword if you really wanted to or 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 be a twat with a flaming arrow launcher yeah i bought that oh <laughs> Are you surprised? So, yeah, I mean, I I went in and, you know, after we played, I spent a good 10 minutes just messing about in the profile editor and going in there. And so I bought myself some new kit and I I bought like a bow with my flaming arrows perk and, um, you know, and and sort of changed my thing. And you can change the crest on your shield so that, you know, if we wanted to, we could all in a clan, we could all kit our outfits out in exactly the same way. So we all look like, you know, we're all in the same army. So, so there, there's a lot of good stuff in there. I just don't know. Um, I, I have to say I was I was impressed with your enthusiasm for the game. I mean, in the heat of battle, uh, there were several times where, you, were, you know, Clarky, John, come and help us while me and John were sort of lying dead in the mud. Well, that's generally where I found you lying dead in the mud because you're both chicken shit archers when I'm just wading into the battle with a bloody greatsword I've made, killing archers, as it happened. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it just I, I just I just really enjoyed it. I think that the, the, there's certain things that maybe, you know, maybe with experience we'll get better at for, like, it was we couldn't group up before we went into a, a game. So we couldn't, you know, there was no kind of, guarantee we'd all be on the same side because actually by the end of the night it was amazing how many people had actually bought this bloody game because it was supposed to be just the three of us and they ended up being what, a good six or seven people on i think so yeah there was a few others joined us from the forum wasn't there yeah because we just started playing it and then all of a sudden we had people pop up going what on earth are you doing <laughs> and yeah, uh, we actually have a really good really really good night on it so um i think it's a big thumbs in the middle for me yeah it's i mean it's Many niggling faults will probably be easily overlooked with a group of friends and alcohol involved. So yeah, a, a middle a middle thumbs up from me too on that. Oh, I th- I thought this was rubbish. Um, <laughs> Tell it how it is. Surprise! Surprise! Oh, it's just ah. I really wanted. It was just. Do you know it felt like a really old school game, like really old in the kind of early days of kind of three dimensional gaming. And I just, oh, I really did not do it for me at all. I kind of just, I tried some of the melee characters and I found them incredibly annoying to play. Um, You weren't uh, playing with us though, were you? No, I wasn't. No, I played. Do you, do you play just solo on your own? Well, not on, on your own, but just going into With some random. randoms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's probably what made a lot of the difference because with yeah. with you know 
part of it was John John just basically decided to go on the other side all the time and try and hunt us down. So Clark and I basically hunted him down. And it, it just that, that it, it just made it fun playing it with other people. Yeah, I can appreciate that. I mean, I, I tried some of the melee classes. I kind of end up found that I could kill more people with the bow quite comfortably because it doesn't mm. matter how far away they were, I could still shoot them in the head. So that was fine. <laughs> um, I, I, I if I put say, my visor down, mm. yeah. Jo- John's attempts at trying to rapid fire the uh, ball were quite amusing as well. <laughs> well, one of the problems I had as well, there was a blatant hacker on the game I was in as well. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, it was a guy running around with a crossbow, and he was travelling. You know, we're talking about how annoyingly slow it was. He was, like, almost teleporting around the map with such <laughs> speed he was going at. I was, that kind of lost it a little bit, because it means it, my, it almost had no chance against him. Yeah. So like, well... Yeah. I mean, I didn't, um, I didn't see anything like that that obviously stuck out, but there were obviously people on ours who, you know, obviously have played this game a lot and were very good at it yeah. and were kind of be able to. And it's kind of partly what I liked about it was it rewarded your skills. So there was a guy there who, I don't know, he had special kill, but he had a sword and a shield. And whereas if I go charging into a battle with one other person, it's basically tit for tat until one of your mates comes along and hits him on the back of the head. Sure. Because it's kind of, it's a numbers game. But this guy was quite able to play the game properly and take two or three of us on at the same time just by kind of circling around waiting for his moment waiting for us to do something stupid and then stabbing us in the back uh-huh, okay. um, and, and the thing we haven't mentioned of course is the kill animations which i think are fantastic <laughs> um, brilliant it's brilliant because it, it basically if you, if you get chopped um and you're dying um it kind of it, it you, you sort of you, you still in first person you're kind of lying on the ground and the attacker can basically walk up to you and has the option to press e to basically um what's the word execute you yeah execute, Bru- yeah. brutally execute yeah and it, it is brutal i mean it's literally if you're looking at this from a first person point of view you're lying on the ground looking up and you see this knight straddle you and then just get his dagger and basically stab you viciously between the eyes yeah you know, a couple of times it's, it's really quite brutal it, it is. I, I kind of found that mechanic a bit unfair, really, because, you know, I could have killed somebody from a few feet away, but someone else can just sort of run in and steal the execution. Yeah, it's a bit... Yeah, I don't... Yeah, they can, they can do. I mean, it depends. I mean, the whole point about that is, obviously, um, while you're down on the ground, before you're executed, there is a chance that one of your team could come along and revive you. Um, so you've kind of got that thing. And also, once you start that execute animation, you're stuck in it. So somebody else could come along and basically kill you while you're executing somebody else, which happened to me quite a lot. Yeah, I did that to people uh, a lot as well. Yeah, because it's such fun executing people that you kind of think, yeah, it's worth the risk just to go in <laughs> to, to kind of stab someone in the face with a dagger. Or, you know, if you're an archer, it's it's like that thing Legolas does where he just kind of gets the arrows and stabs them in the face as well. Or, you know, it, they're mm. just, they're just, <laughs> just, I just really like, I think it's got a lot of really good points. I think it could do, you know, I don't think there's going to get much more work done to it. It might get expansions or whatever, but... I think it's one of those novelty games in a way that you want to have in your arsenal for want of a better term, you know, just so that every now and again, every three or four months, you might, do you know what? I really fancy a couple of hours on this. Um, cause it's just good fun. It is. It's still, I know from me, <laughs> you've, uh, tried, well, well, you've tried to set it up and you've been very romantic about it, but let's face it. It's romantic. yeah. We, we, we really need to up the ante to uh, sort of draw beasts into something good. Um, which leads us on to next week's game, the aforementioned 
Magic the Gathering 2014. Yeah, so, we're going to uh, have a crack on this. Yeah, if you see us, uh, if you see us on TeamSpeak dicking around on this game, please feel free to join us. Join us, so the more the merrier and yeah, all that. Because you can teach us how to play the bloody yeah. thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, and you can teach us how to play it as well. We'll be, uh, I think, putting a shout out for Odd Gamer to get involved in this one. Um, As has already offered to teach me some of it, so I'm, I'm well, looking for the expert tuition because apparently, unsurprisingly, As is a genius master at it. There, uh, there, there exists no game that As isn't a genius master. I know, I hate him. As, if you listen, you're a bastard. Except maybe, maybe beating beat him and eat him, but I'm, I'm banned from mentioning. I'm pretty that. sure he's probably good at that as well. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> right on to releases, which um, seem, oh yeah, seem a bit lacking. Um, some sort of Welsh expansion to Trackmania 2 entitled <laughs> Valley. <laughs> Valley. This Track is Mania the one you'll go down pit, isn't it? Yeah, yeah down pit with gold mining. On the slag heaps. Exactly. This is the one I've been really looking forward to. I'm kind of, I'm kind of slightly sad that I've um, caned off the Trackmania server now. I might have to reopen it for a Valley server because this is, this is the Rally expansion for uh. Trackmania 2. I'm so happy. I'm gonna, as soon as this is out, I'm all over it. Okay, for well, a week anyway. Yeah, for a week. You got yeah, three days. Yeah, <laughs> join in quick, folks. And uh, yeah, that's about it for releases this week. It's very. I mean, to be honest, the we're moving into summer period, and it's going to be pretty lean on releases until which is probably bloody good, late really, August. I've got so much to play. I really do. I've got to cane such a back catalogue that it's untrue. <laughs> Brilliant. Right. What have we been doing this week? Uh, I've done fuck all, and since I'm not allowed to explain my real-life problems, apart from the fact that I had my bike stolen, shed broken into last week... Is this bicycle or motorbike? Bicycle, thankfully. Um, I I have to say to the uh, thieving bastard that took my bike, had you uh, gone back into the shed and actually looked, you would have seen in a plastic storage box, which was covered by my back, a boxed pristine 70s Millennium Falcon. So, fuck, <laughs> fuck you, you missed out on the real money oh, there. I see that. Uh, and if anybody else wants to go around to number 68, Arcasia Avenue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, isn't, isn't that where Banana Man lives? Yeah, probably. <laughs> I don't know where he's Anyway. Oh, God. Uh, I can just picture you in a banana hammock. No, I don't want to picture you in a banana hammock. I've got the Banana Man underpants, the same one Kev, Kev has. Not the same pair. You're wearing the same pair of underpants that Kev's had? The same style, not the same. This not is, the this is getting... Same. We're going to go down this cul-de-sac again, Clarky. I think yeah. you just need to reverse. Yeah, absolutely. Vamsa, you don't appear to have done, it, done anything this past I week. I haven't had time to do anything. I've been too traumatised playing The Last of Us. Oh, God. One wipe those tears away. Beastie, you've been doing stuff. You've been doing you've been doing stuff that's relevant to this show as well. <laughs> yes, I, 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 bound, I bow down to your expertise. Please continue. He was our roving reporter, yeah, our man on the inside. Yeah, I, how, how did using Twitter feel? I didn't use Twitter. <laughs> well, who tweeted them then? Vibesy. <laughs> yeah, we should probably explain that. Um, I'm so, confused. a couple of weekends ago, I was at Rez, and I was hoping to be on the show last week just to kind of update peeps on what happened but i did take some photos which i text to vimesy so you could put on twitter because i thought some people might give a damn um also because not many people take photos of like on setup days and stuff like that so i thought it'd be quite interesting for people to have a look but yeah i was in res at the nec in birmingham um weekend before last for 
three days in Birmingham. Had an amazing curry. It's probably worth noting. Um, for in Birmingham, you know, have a curry as you do. When, when in Birmingham, do what the Birmanese do. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> it was. I um, don't know what you call a Birmingham person. <laughs> Brummie. Oh yeah, of course, Brummie. <laughs> Come on, oh god it's late go um, on um so i mean i'll be honest because i was there working at the show it's quite tricky to kind of go around playing other games because you know i've got work to do um but i did see a few things it was quite good to kind of get the impact of kind of res how it how it did in Birmingham. So it's only res res second outing as a game show is it yeah, the first was that, one was in... Was that just the second one? Yeah. Because the first it. one was in Brighton, wasn't that's it? That's right, which is great, because it was down the road. It was on your doorstep. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, this involved a 170-mile drive. Um, but, uh, so, yeah, the first one, so it was the first one at Birmingham, but only the second one overall. So it's I kind didn't of... I realise it was yeah. only the same. I thought Res had been going on for a little bit longer than that. That's bizarre. No, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty certain it. I'm not. I'm no, you're probably not wrong. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of a PC indie show. There's only a few big... Um, PC games, so there was of the, of the big ones, Company Heroes 2 of course, almost coming out for launch um, uh, Tom Clancy Blacklist, which I haven't really heard of before, I'll be honest with you. Was that there, was it? That was there, in oh, the okay. over 18 section, along with Company Heroes 2 um, which does, does baffle me that you have those games in, in um, the over 18 section, but notably not in there was Planetside 2 Rome, Hotline Miami 2 Rome, Total War um uh, Hotline Miami 2 wasn't in there it's worth noting Jesus Christ <laughs> so, so it's a little bit I felt a bit sorry for those guys because I thought it was kind of you, you were quite segregated from the other 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 people mm. um, but uh, obviously I'm what yeah, Wild Styles there from my point of view um, but it was it was a, it's a really good fun show and I do like it from a point of view of if you're really into your PC gaming indie gaming it's accessible it's easy to get to actually on to play the games there's not huge mm. amounts of, uh, of queues i mean i was quite pleased with how busy we were but you could pretty much get a game of something if you wanted to uh, prison architect was there prison architect was there it was there yeah. um so how, how, how are you going on with that van say i haven't it yep i managed to play it um for about five days alpha 11 uh, out alpha 11 is coming out i got my i got my um i updated it uh the day for it for I was hoping to get on it before I came on tonight, but uh, my daughter had other ideas, so, yeah. Of course. Um, uh, anyway, so I... There was things like Space Hawk were there, which was quite interesting. Um, as a uh, as a game, I'm quite looking forward to that going forward. It was quite, quite fun. Um, what else was quite good, quite a look of? Um, a new version of Trials, of course, was there. Mm. Good um, God. Uh, there was a game, a game called Shadow Warrior, I think it was called, which I yeah, I've never heard of that. Nor have I, but it looked quite good fun. It looked a bit like Doom mixed with a ninja game. Um, so like Warframe? Um, no, 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 because no, it looked way prettier than Warframe, um, which has possibly the, the ugliest characters available in modern gaming. Um, Slightly harsh. Prove me wrong. War of the Roses. No, they're, they're <laughs> definitely uglier than War of the Roses. <laughs> Don't judge crapness with bad character design. Um, Dungeon Beast, Beast, Beast is just like a wife. He's, he's famously difficult to please. Yes, I am notoriously difficult to please. Um, uh, we'll actually move on to that in the next thing I was going to bring up, actually. But um, 
but it was I'd say it was really good. I mean, uh, Drake from the forums, um, TeamSpeak popped on and had quickly said hello. Um, I think it was I think it was a comeback for the second day, but I have a feeling he probably burnt out on all the content he wanted to see. I mean, it's quite a small show. I think in one day you can pretty much do all you can um, there. So we could to kind of see if there's any more in the future. They kind of expand it further and get more people involved. Uh, I think as always the dev sessions, which are probably the most interesting, where basically there's an hour long slot, well not quite an hour long, but a slot for each um, kind of developer to kind of talk about their projects and products, um, and that does really really well. And I think pretty much all of them are live streams and available on YouTube now if you want to catch up mm. um, with them. But I'd, I'd say as a show to go, it's really good. I just it's, I think it's a bit of a shame that it was only in its first year in Birmingham, so it's all kind of bedding in, if that makes sense. But when it comes down to hard to please, uh, it's funny enough, I was um, had a, a kind of business lunch, which sounds way fancier than it really is, um, with some kind of uh, games industry colleagues. And is this where the curry came in? No, it wasn't. Oh. No. This was Friday just gone. Curry uh, lunch is a bit decadent, really. It is, it is. Um, but... Um, Somebody at the table had a um, uh, Project Shield um, handheld device, mm. if you guys remember that from yesteryear. Well, didn't yeah. mention yesteryear. Uh, I've forgotten it came it was it existed, to be honest with you. It's been quite quiet on that. So, yeah, Project yeah, Kev, Shield. Kev was talking about this. So I think he got his hands on one at uh, either at Loaded or the BAFTA thingy. Does it still look hideous? Yes. Um, it does. Uh, it was interesting to get hands on with it. it. It really is an Xbox 360 controller with a screen attached to it. I mean, well, yeah, that's exactly what I thought. It's yeah. just a control pad with an iPhone, sell a tape to the top. I of thought it. it was going to be much bigger. When you see, like, because you obviously don't, any of the shots I've seen of it have just been, there's been no reference point. So it's just been here's a picture against the white background. I thought it was going to be much bigger than this, but apparently it is literally just. You know, well, it's, 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 it's certainly certainly bigger than Xbox Three, Three Shooting Shop, but not a great deal bigger. But how I can best describe it is, it's like it's a device from a pre-iPad world, if that makes sense. Um, that's the first thing I thought when I looked at this. Thought this is the console I had in mind when I had a GameCube, a handheld console, i.e., really just a very simple controller I could play games on. That makes sense. That's what I had in mind, and this is exactly that. So it's kind of a Almost like a retro project. Yeah, it, it, it kind of reminds me of some early mock-ups of things like the PSP. And yeah, um, that's exactly what it's like. Um, I, I'm really intrigued to see how well this does because it hasn't been announced for European release yet. Well, I don't understand what it's for. What market is it trying to? Well, that's the issue that I had a problem with as well. I don't know. Because it's got a Tegra 4, I think, uh, mm. in its processor. So it's kind of like Nexus 7-ish ability of kind of processing power. So you can play games on the fly. But, of course, one of the games I tried was a shooting game. And it felt like the same issue I have with shooting games on joypads is that they're really clunky compared to a mouse and then the shoulder buttons and the strafing look quite nice. See, I actually prefer playing shooters with a pad. Uh-huh. It, you know, if you, take out, if you take out the accuracy of it... Um, I, I'm much more comfortable. That's probably just because most of the shooters I've played for the last five years have been on a console, so it takes that a bit of getting used to. But I'm actually quite happy playing shooters on a pad. Yeah, I I just can't get my head around the actual usefulness of this. 
um, which I'm sure Beast is about to go into. No, John's um, probably bought one. I don't think. I don't think. That's one of the things I think they haven't really talked about it very much. So I was quite surprised. They're, it's. I was really surprised to get hands on with it. Just kind of round round a kind of a table at lunch. Um, which is really interesting to kind of get kind of a pause on it and have a go. And it, one of the things that is interesting is the fact that if you've got an NVIDIA card, because it's obviously an NVIDIA product, if you've got a high-end NVIDIA card or one of the later NVIDIA cards, you can stream from your PC. So it's got a 720p screen and a client will pop up on your PC and you can play massively uh, high-end graphics streaming to this device. Then again... It has to be my mm. network, so where would I use it? I mean, how heavy is it? Mm, it's. I'd say it's heavy. I wouldn't say it's uncomfortably heavy. If that makes sense. Okay, because I just trying to think. You know, I can start reading my iPad to read a book, but after about twenty minutes, it starts to become uncomfortable. Now, if I'm playing a game on this thing, how long is it before I'm thinking actually? I'd, this is really uncomfortable. Mm, to we, are, we are holding it differently. I can't really judge. I didn't have that long to try that. Mm. I didn't get down that kind of laying on my back in the bed or kind of laying flat or sitting on a sofa. I don't know. Yeah. Um, hard to say. Uh, I, I, again, I, I just can't think if you have the opportunity to have your PC on anyway, yes. and then boot up a game. Yes. Uh, well, why, why not? wouldn't I just fucking sit at my PC? Well, the, the, this was my issue when I first saw I mean, what, what is the point in it? Yeah, it, it'll stream high-end graphics, but will still not look as good as it will on a decent yeah, but, PC but monitor. You could, say, you could say the same thing about one of the things I'm looking for, and again, this is not confirmed for launch or whatever, is this whole thing about the PS4 being able to stream to my Vita. I think that that's going to be awesome because it means that, you know, I could just sit upstairs in my bedroom and um, just, you know, play these games without having to kind of, you know... I'd be in front of my telly or whatever I can just be there up in bed and just kick it on stream it straight to the Vita and, and play things like that it means that I've got more time to play games and I don't have to hog the telly to do it no I, I can see what you mean from that point of view but it's I mean what you you, you get but how, how is that different well, well just from the control point of view I mean if you're playing on a console and then on a handheld games console, you're using a similar similar control layout. If you, you know, if you're streaming Battlefield Four or something like that to your uh, yeah your Project Shield, you're playing it on a pad. You you spend hours on it, and then you go and play go and play the game on the PC, and you're kind of having to relearn yourself with the mouse and keyboard. I don't think it's even re- relearning yourself. It's just that there the difference is there vimes is one thing's a games console, and then a handheld games console. One thing's a PC, and then a handheld games console in itself, and that's that's yeah. the difference. I mean, what, you fall what, into a different bracket. For me, yeah. uh, the issue I automatically had was it was a fucking first-person shooter on, on a control pad, which is basically I felt like my hands would been had been destroyed yeah. and I couldn't function properly. I mean, uh, I, I, I totally see Vamsy's point with the uh, with the whole PS4 streaming, but from again from my point of view, if I've got a PS4 and that's connected up to the TV in the living room. If the missus wants to watch a TV program. I can stream a game to my Vita. With the PC, I have a separate PC set up in another room, so the, it, it's you know it's main the main function the PS4 and Vita connectivity has kind of becomes redundant when you use it on a sort of handheld to PC basis. Yeah, no, absolutely. No, I think that's 
I, that's a, it's an interesting project. I mean, I, I guess I find it interest, interesting in the sense of where, when it's come out. And I said it just feels like something that should have come out ten years ago. Who are they targeting it at? Well, that's my point. Who, who would who would buy this? John. Just, <laughs> do you know what? I don't th- even John. I, I, he yeah, even, he even he hasn't talked about it. Well, I, mean, I don't know. I mean. I, I find it really difficult to... I think I think the problem is when you, you've got this thing coming out which again you know like you say it's it's from 10 years ago you've got this kind of getting thrown about and mooted at the same time as you've got something like Oculus Rift and they just don't compare having, know, said, that, got... no, having said that I still regard Oculus Rift as a similar thing because let's face it it's just the new virtual reality headset isn't it I mean I don't care we can pretend it's it, otherwise but no if it works I'm I'm creaming myself over that well you're quite, li- quite literally so looking at some of the software Ooh. that's going to be available <laughs> yeah sorry about that um, but yeah I mean, I'm going to keep an eye on it and be interested to see what happens but I mean we will see on Project Shield oh brilliant that uh, looks like one to keep an eye out on uh, are we going to have a break gentlemen no fair somewhere. enough <laughs> if I, if I just stick a jingle over that uh, jingle 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 then. jingle Okay. Right, uh, on to another completely barren... It means, it means he'd have to wed it, is what he's thinking. Today. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> Sean. I should just get my mouth shut there. Uh, right, films, books, comics, etc. Beastie, uh, take it away. Beastie, you're saving this section as me and Vimesy have nothing. Uh, yeah, it's fine. But, um, but, 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 but you do have something which I'm very eager to hear about, so please continue. Is it Wheeler Dealers? It, it is. It's not Wheeler Dealers. <laughs> I'll bring up Will to this first purely because it's one of those kind of. Are you guys aware of this TV show? Is this the daytime one with that bold bloke? Bold bloke? Isn't uh, <laughs> the guy used to. No, not bold bloke. The guy used to do the Channel 5 um, driving show, the equivalent to Top Ball. Fifth Gear, wasn't it? Is it this um, the one? I don't know if, he's, if it was in that. It's, it's, uh, Maybe I don't know this programme and you should just tell me. Basically, it is the kind of. Cheap man's pimp my ride for the UK. I'd argue more than anything else. It's you get a um, guy called Mike Brewer who buys cars. Yeah, that's him. Yeah, uh, off, off, off he's not here, he's not bald. No, no, I was getting confused with the other guy who does all that. The bald one, you know. <laughs> Fuck's sake! I'm <laughs> <That was laughs> <fun up>. <laughs> The, uh, the consumer stuff on BBC, you know, um, I can't remember his fucking name now. <laughs> I gave but yeah, no, Mike Brewer. Yeah, I know him. Um, who basically goes and buys some old banger or something, and then he fobs it off into the probably the must be the most patient man in the world, um, a guy called Ed China, who's the mechanic. And it's just quite, I find it very kind of shows that you kind of record just so you can, I mean, you don't know, so you can skip through the adverts and just watch it and just watch how a car goes from being complete part of crap to being like highly sought after it's just i don't know I, I find it really compelling and it's not interesting or exciting at all and i don't really know anything about mechanics and cars or whatever else but it's a bit like i don't know any of those kind of shows where you just kind of i find it quite fascinating just watching i don't quite like cars no doubt about it but watching kind of like a mark one escort that's been completely like abandoned in a barn completely fixed up to looking like a beautiful new paint job and completely rust free and completely mechanically sound is quite a nice um thing to see i guess 
That's what I'm looking at. Um, and I find myself recording tons of them. Oh, mate. Um, you've crossed the line now. Why? You can't series link Wheeler Dealers. No, no, I haven't series linked it. Because that, cause there's certain channels you, that I forbid series links on because you, they have no control over what the programs are shown. <laughs> so you just get your machine riddled with loads of episodes of things. No, no, I just yeah. pick and choose one. Balamori is what's all over mine at the bloody Yeah, oh. I made that mistake with Horrid Henry for the kids. Yeah. And 50 oh. hours of it I have to manually delete. <laughs> yeah, it, you have to be very careful. You're going to get things rolled. But I'll, I'll move on to the thing that Clarky probably wants me to talk about, and that's yeah. Anne of Steel. Is it good? Is it good? Is it good? I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I won't pretend I didn't enjoy it. Um, it's So, obviously, Man of Steel, Zack Snyder's latest film, and I don't have the issues that Zack Snyder and a lot of people do have. I thought Watchmen was a perfectly great, enjoyable superhero film. Um, much people moaned about it left, right, and centre. Um, much I thought Sucker Punch was a bit ridiculous and stupid, um, and really just a set of action scenes linked together with a stupid story. Um, Man of Steel is. Uh, it's. I think you enjoy it, Clarky. I do. Um, but just go in there. Don't. It's not. Doesn't. It's not like the, the recent Marvel films. If that makes sense. It's not trying to be funny. Um, there's almost no gags in it at all. I think I don't like it. Maybe chuckled once, possibly. Well, I, um, I know that that's probably Christopher Nolan's influence in it. Probably, probably. Um, I, I enjoyed it more than the latest Batman film. If that helps. Ooh, that's not. That's a good. Good I, point. I, I, I kind of walked away from that film. I wasn't too sure if I liked that film or not when I left it. Um, when you think of it, it's a, it, this is more of a sci-fi film than a Superman film. If I, I, I yeah, I, I got that impression from the trailer. There seems to be a hell of a lot going on in the trailer that just doesn't kind of seem Superman, if you will. A lot, a lot of it's spent on Krypton. Um, it's uh, kind of more. It's, this, this is a, most definitely a reboot. This is not like Superman Returns, which is took place after Superman Two of the original um, Christopher Reeve series. Um, this is very much unique and kind of in itself. <sighs> I mean, I, I try and compare it to Superman Returns. I think I felt better about Superman Returns when I watched it than I did this. But I think that's because Superman Returns felt like, it felt like Superman was there. It felt that there was this, this film has no Superman theme tune in it, which is just, Absolute sacrilege, as far as I'm concerned. You have to have the Superman theme tune to make it really have that kind of build up. No, that, that's true. The, the music does sound pretty good. I mean, I've listened to some samples of the soundtrack, and hmm, I quite like it. Well, yeah, I, I know what you mean about the Superman theme. It's it's sort of ingrained in uh, culture. Superman, Superman theme. It's it's been like the weirdness of when the new Star Trek film, um, sorry, new Star Wars films, will come out, and they won't have the kind of um, Fox, 20th Century Fox spotlight at the beginning, because it's not them. That'll be weird having a Star Wars film starts without those at the beginning, and it, it, this is kind of fills me, it's not having that kind of dum 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 kind of build-up, which kind of adds that tension and there wasn't anything there. And he, he doesn't well, no, J.J. Abrams is doing it, so you'll just be blinded with lens flare in the <laughs> maybe. opening few minutes. Maybe, maybe. Um, I, all over the Disney logo. Um, <laughs> the um, but yeah, don't 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 worry. I think you will like it. But 
just go with it thinking that this isn't going to be this kind of Superman you're expecting. And so we would have really ripped into it who are big Superman fans because then there's some definite issues with what goes on. And I think the most ridiculous thing in it, and I, I these are the things that really bother me in films, is th- th- there's masses of destruction. This is the most destructive superhero film of any Avengers in New York. Or yeah, I, I saw some news articles just after the Superman film had came out. One, for example, was uh, trying, trying to calculate the amount of property damage that he does in the film. Oh, it's just absolutely ludicrous. But more ludicrous than that is, bear in mind, this is in Metropolis, which is a US city. Um, they were remarkably calm um the uh, people around them with skyscrapers ripped apart um and we all know let's face it americans aren't the best known for being calm in those circumstances you were sitting there going this is ridiculous they're sitting there <laughs> they're sitting there going no no but I'm, not uh, like our british stiff upper lip huh? no but honestly though on, trust me I, I i work with americans they're definitely highly excitable and they're yes, kind of sitting they're kind of sitting there in a skyscraper what other skyscrapers go around this kind of looking out the window you're like you would what were you doing you'd be like running out of that building you fucking yeah, well, weirdo two, two, two practical gods are uh, tearing the city oh, apart it just didn't make any sense um and there's things like that they kind of gnaw me a little bit You're like why aren't they running i mean this is completely ridiculous um uh, but yeah, I don't want to talk too much because I don't want to spoil it for people. But I mean, and that kind of stuff, not all stuff people seen in trailers and whatever else. Um, but I'll say I quite enjoyed it. It was a bit, I won't say dark, but it was kind of missing some of the recent Marvel fun time we're kind of used to. That there's no moment like in Avengers where Hulk's beating the crap out of uh, uh, Thor or or Loki or anything Loki, like that. Yeah. And, and that kind of made me kind of both. I, I laughed at Hulk more times than probably the most comedies let alone uh, what superman kind of can spew out a man of steel so do go kind of expecting it but i'm a big superman fan so i have to be very cautious how i talk about it because i do i've I've seen comments a few of my friends who are big superman fans on facebook have kind of said you know i I can't tell you the amount of things that are wrong with this film but it's it's still enjoyable to watch sure that's fair enough i think it's completely fair enough um, but yeah, that's, I guess that's the end of part three. <laughs> well, there we go. Um, a very, very brief part three as well. So straight into part four then. Um, news, PC and hardware focus. And what do we start with? The OUYA launch. Yeah. Uh, d- does the person that added this story in want to continue with this? Yeah, I can. Um, yes, I... To be honest, it kind of snuck out a little bit for me. I don't know about you guys, but I, someone mentioned to me, oh, it came out, it was out on, it's on, in yeah, Game on Friday. There was fanfare for it. There considering, wasn't. you know, the, 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 the amount of fanfare the Kickstarter got, yes, which was this, massive, yeah, was all this, over the place. This seems to be a kind of, a, I don't know, maybe a reoccurring thing with Kickstarters. It's, you know, all the excitement happens during the, uh, you know, is it, you know, are they going to reach the goal and everything? And after that, it's, you know, right now I have to wait 12 or 18 months until it actually comes out. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I, I think everyone listening kind of knows what the UU is. It's kind of a um, Android-based Android console. console. Yes. Um, and there's obviously, there was a massive amount of fanfare. There's no doubt about it. There's kind of been very much kind of, is this going to be the destroyer of the new consoles? And I'd certainly say, <laughs> think no. about 
there was talk of that though I mean let's not pretend there was talk of that and when you consider what's happened in the last few weeks with the Xbox and the Playstation 4 and this coming out I think they're, they're clearly worlds apart aren't they there's there's no doubt about it mm. um, we're pretty much the only thing people are talking about are those bloody new consoles and this is kind of getting no traction at all um, I, I mean, it's, it's a £99 Android console and I can't think what I'd use it for um, what would I? What would I? I mean, I, you might be able to hack it to use Netflix or something. I think well, should... Yeah, this this is kind of the thing, isn't it? It's, can't it mis- you get that? Can't you? You know, I, I thought part of it was the think. fact that you can get apps on it that will allow you to do it. Um, I, I believe they're not currently available, but you can hack it and stuff. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah, I, I think this is this, this is kind of a thing where these things suffer as well as it. You know, missed its window of usefulness. So I know, yeah, you've got you're basically playing games, which are the equivalent of the app store or indie stores on any one of the consoles or mobile phones that are out there. And uh, I'm just quickly skitting through this as well, and I can see there's a few mentions of something that I knew would happen as soon as it was discussed. This was going to be Android based, in that it's a little bit laggy. Yeah, well. That's, there seems to be a massive um, fault being called out. I mean, there's a great um, Gizmondo review which I've been kind of trying for, which has some of the best quotes ever. I will read some out purely because it made me chuckle so much. Um, but they do mention that it's like seconds of delay, not like milliseconds, seconds of delay from the control interface to what's going on on the screen, and that would be pretty bloody horrific for for most games. Um, they say the controls aren't really good as well, which is kind of a, for me that's always a big problem. With and I always try and avoid um, third-party controllers because of the reason they aren't very good normally. They're compared to a proper official controller, and it does feel like this does look like and sounds like the buttons are very squidgy and everything else. But I have to say this quote um, from the Gizmodo review about the kind of setting up. So because the first challenge though is fitting the batteries in the controller. I won't tell you. I won't tell you how I finally achieved this, because this puzzle proved to be most satisfying, uh, to be more satisfying than playing the console. Um, I think that's quite a depressing combination <laughs> in one sentence about the kind of experience he had with it. Um, I think this is, okay, I guess, is the danger of the projects like like Kickstarter in the sense of okay, it made the money and people have got what they paid for, but I think there's been an inherent expectation of build quality and quality of product which mm, sometimes just, can't be met i think there's there's several issues here one is when you have something like a tablet when you've got like an ipad or even a you know a nexus or something like that an android tablet kind of what's the point to these because you're paying 99 quid for something that you have to plug into your telly and sit and, and whatever and, and maybe the game's you can use a controller with but so on most of the stuff i've read about this is that the ui is clunky and that, you know, for example, there's, I think there's 170 games at launch. But no, doubt, no doubt somebody's already cracked it and released some sort of SNES emulator for it. No, uh, they, they probably will do and stuff. Sure. Which, you know, I think is a great use for it, in honesty. But, yeah, well, yeah. Um, I think, you know, there's 170 odd games out for it already. But the, the reports are is basically you're getting the same seven or ten on the front page all the time. So you're not able to kind of, you know, it's, it's just things like that which which aren't making it making it easy to kind of get to things. 
Um, people are having problems with getting downloads where they're just failing constantly. There are lots of demos up there, but full games aren't available for it. Um, you know, this is just things that I've read, and this has only been out a few days, so maybe it is teething problems. But sure. when you're launching this at a time when hype is every everything is about Xbox One and PS4, who's going to look at this? This is like one of those novelty binatoon kind of. Do you remember those those things you just get? You get you buy the Mega Drive controller that basically you plug into the telly that has thirty yeah. Mega Drive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It feels like that. Yeah, and I don't yeah. think that's what they intended it to be. I think what the problem with this was kind of this is what a year ago this kind of yeah, originally proposed yeah. on Kickstarter. I mean, when they were originally talking about this, I think about that was kind of a big big boon for how well Android was doing. It was kind of really kind of kind of biting into the market share of of um, Apple, the iPhone, and I think we were expecting to get. People already got involved in that 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 e-store solution that is the kind of Android platform, um, and they would. They could play all the games already bought on their Android phones, and they could they could have a little games console that they could, people could play. And, mm. and if you talk about it in that way, all of a sudden you go, "Wow, well, that's quite compelling." I can understand that. That that'll make it that makes sense. But as soon as it comes down to the hardware being not very good, all of a sudden those things become really, frankly, fucking worthless. Because for someone like me who's not involved in the 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 iPad the um, Android ecosystem, it's meaningless. Mm. Um, when you've got technical problems with it, for those guys who are really geeky, not very tempting. Is it only really going to get the people who are hackers? And then, why, why the fuck when that person buy a Raspberry Pi if they're going well, to do yeah. that level? Yeah, of thing? yeah, possibly. But I mean, also, yeah. it's, it's you know, it's quite. St- I mean, fair kudos for them for actually following through because I remember when this Kickstarter was on and I, I backed it and then bailed on it because I didn't think it was going to do what I wanted to do, and because. I wasn't sure because there were lots of talk at the time about we don't think that this is going to be the first big fail. You know, there was that feeling that this is like everyone's jumping on the U and actually this is going to fail. So regardless, they've actually produced the piece of kit, which I think is a remarkable thing in the first place. But when you're producing it and selling it at 99 quid, when you can pick up an Xbox 360 for not much more than PS3 now, you can pick up for not much more than that mm-hmm. brand new, the, the, the four gig one or whatever yeah. it is, but still. Or you can get a Wii for less than that. Yeah. You have to kind of question. You've, you, they've not made. There's no real unique selling point for this that that kind of makes people go, I can only do this on this. Yeah. And if there is a unique selling point, like you can play blocky 2D side scrollers, you have to ask, well, then what's the fucking point? Sure. This is the thing, though, isn't it? Wasn't it kind of originally? sort of slated to be something that's going to draw the indie developers into it. But, you know, you've got Sony pretty much courting the entire crowd at the moment. So why mm. why am I going to spend 99 quid on this when I'm inevitably going to end up picking up a PlayStation 4, which, like you say, will do all of that anyway? Mm. Well, I think they make a good point. Four times the price. But yeah. I mean, to be honest, no. I, just, I, just, I just had a quick nose on to Amazon when we are talking about that. And, I mean, on Amazon, they're currently a PS, uh, PS3 Slim... Um, with 12, 12 gig model is one hundred and thirty nine pounds with free delivery, um, and you know that version can work Netflix, that can work Now TV, can work Love Film, it can play a Blu Ray player. I mean, for forty quid more, surely you'd get the PS three, wouldn't you? Surely, yes. Well, I would, especially with the PS Plus sort of subscription. <laughs> um, yeah, but you know, I mean, without even taking those, out, you're taking the, the, the purity of what they are and how functional they are, and I mean. Would not the Blu-ray player itself be worth the forty quid extra? 
I mean, yeah, pretty much. So, uh, I don't. I think you're right. I haven't really considered the price, but when you mentioned, I thought, you know, I have a quick nose and sort of think about it. Um, I mean, yeah. I, I, I really don't want them to be bad. Of course, I don't. But no, no, it's, I, it's, it, it does feel a little bit like maybe, maybe it's one of those scenarios a bit like the kind of thing we have about Day Z that maybe that 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 ship has sailed a little bit and they've kind of lost yeah. their opportunity. If they'd have brought it out, you know, if, if the Kickstarter had been a release date, sure, you, you know, I think the hype was there for it then, but now it's kind of come out and it's just like, well, I don't understand what you're, it's, again, it's a bit like the, um, what were we talking about earlier? The Razor, not the Razor, the, um, ah, Smeg, what was it called? Project Shield. I don't yep. understand what it's for. Sure. I mean, it's, I don't want it to fail either. I'd like you to do well, but, you know, I still wouldn't be too but disappointed. We're still not going to buy it. Well, yeah, no, I, I really wouldn't be too disappointed if, you know, I see them being palmed off in game for 30 quid in for six months' time because I think they'd be, you know, the amount of children I have, they'd be a great little addition to their bedrooms. Sure, absolutely. Completely. Oh, well, yeah. So uh, there we go. The yeah. next piece of news. Oh, God. Don <laughs> Matrick resounds from Microsoft. And so goes to Zinger. Yeah, Zinger. Yeah, I, I, can I can I before you talk about this, basically, can I You're just point tell out? You're going to tell a joke. No, it, it, it looks a lot like my old chemistry teacher. <laughs> oh, Thanks for that party. <laughs> what he does is just got one of those school teacher kind of looks. It's like the president of Syria. It looks like a geography teacher. Mm. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. On your go, basically. I mean, it's not very little to say, really. I just, I, it was more because of the nature of the, let's face it, the... Dismissal? Oh, no, sorry. He resigned, didn't he? <laughs> let's face it. The, the, most definitely, it was a, a messy Xbox One announcement. I mean, there's no getting away from that. It was a fucking disaster, is what it was. Uh, and uh, it's amusing. By looks of it, looking at it, various updates since, since we've been in, we posted this on only, only like an hour or two hours ago been updates i'm just kind of looking at the story here and there has been confirmed he's definitely going to zinger mm. um there doesn't appear to be a a push but it's very hard to tell particularly under with american employment law but i imagine really, it probably was a slight shove again very hard to tell with american employment law because well let's face it you haven't got to do anything to get rid of people um it's like the opposite of our system <laughs> where you can you have no rights as an employee they'll probably get somebody like steve balmer in to cover him but <sighs> still you know, Captain Sweaty. Yeah, right. I mean, there's certainly no debate. I mean, there is some choice, kind of almost kind of George W. Bush level quotes from this guy. I mean, talking about like, always on the their, their offline offerings, the 360 is their kind of next gen example. Was I mean, it just scared me how people get to that level in the games industry and just don't know at all what they're talking about and or don't know how to be quiet. It horrifies me sometimes. Um, yeah, but I, I don't say really. I mean, I, I don't like Zinger at all, so <laughs> be interesting to see what happens, really. Mm. Um, there we go. What else have we got here? Game demos, half sales. Yeah. Come on, Vimesy. Oh, sorry. This is this is just an interesting piece I found on um, CVG, which is um, there was a, a guy called uh, well, there's basically a, a, a um, I was speaking on Game Lab, which has been really interesting. Actually, I was, I was saying to you guys beforehand. So if anybody else hasn't seen this yet, go and check out Mark Cerny's. Um, it's about fifty minutes long, but it's his basically 
his talk to Game Lab about the road to the PS4 is incredibly interesting. He, he walks you through basically his career from the early 70s through to today. And it's it's even if you're not interested in it, you probably would sit through this and listen to it. It's an amazing, um, amazing footage. Uh, anyway, this is about uh, Jesse Shell, who or Shiel, I can't remember, who, who's basically come out and, and said that... Um, Game demos on consoles, this is console specific, but probably equates to PC as well, can have a negative effect on game sales. So what it's basically saying is that, and I'm going to kind of read straight from the article because there's numbers involved and me and maths aren't great. Um, Basically saying if you bring out an Xbox 360 game that's promoted by a release trailer but has no demo, it sells on average about half a million units, 5,225,000 or 525,000 units after six months. But the average Xbox 360 game that carries both a demo and a trailer will only sell about half that, about a quarter of a million in the same period. Meanwhile, a game with neither sells less than 100,000 units. Um, and I just thought it was quite interesting. They're basically saying that if, you, if you've got a, you know, you just have a trailer, which builds the hype and and doesn't actually let you play the game people rush out and buy it and then ones that let you play it and have a demo you kind of think ah it's not as good as the hype i won't buy this now yeah you know there's several things i'd say about them i i I personally think a demo is a more dangerous thing in an early uh, early part of a, a launch of a title more than people think it is However, looking at these stats here, they're, they are slightly they are skewed. The reason they're skewed is because... You're going to bring in Call of Duty here, aren't you? No, no, not at all. No, no, I'm not. I don't need to get to that level. The small fact is, a, a guaranteed big seller, the Assassin's Creed, the Call of Duties, the FIFAs, or whatever it may be, tend not to do demos. Mm. Um, because they need to do demos. Mm-hmm. Um I think FIFA's pretty an example that probably doesn't really stand up. They, they sometimes do do demos. Um, but you understand but what I mean? They normally do their demos on the same day as the launch, don't they? It's normally tied in. If at all. Some of them don't mm-hmm. do it until kind of post-launch. But my point is that a lot of those AAA titles, those, those big sellers, don't need to do that. And so we, on the other side of it, you get the games who feel they need to build up the new presence. I mean, we're like when Dead Rising came out as a new IP, I that demo be on, on, the, on the storefront for a good month, six weeks before a game came out, because you wanted yeah. to give you a taste of that game so you, you would get engaged with it. And, and to be honest, it did trick me into buying the game, as, as I actually found the demo more fun than the game itself. Um, uh, so I think there's, there's an area better to kind of bear that in mind when you look at these kind of figures. This is not as simple as that because each game in itself has its own merits about why it would sell well, and often the, the, this a strategy of a big game will be applied across all big games. Mm. Uh, whereas a lower, I mean, for example, a game that still had not had, had neither the the, the trailer or a demo so I was like, knew this. that's probably likely because they were a small studio or they couldn't afford that they didn't, they're a new brand new IP a new do, do you see what I mean so they're automatically on the back foot from, from a PC point of view it's, it's very difficult because if you take a marketplace like Steam okay admittedly that featured page that first page on Steam has a, is obviously going to have a massive effect on your sales it, yes of course yes you know, but aside from that, when you go to a game's page, there's always the first thing is always like a trailer demo or something like that. The developer can choose kind of a video to put up there to showcase their their work. And most, I, I you know, maybe ninety percent of the games I go and have a look on have some kind of video thing there, and then they'll have screenshots and whatever else. 
So you don't necessarily get a demo. And Steam, I don't know, I don't normally play demos very often. I can normally tell no. by looking at some gameplay trade. I always want to see gameplay. Sure. That's one of the things I will always look at. You know, So all these shiny, lovely um, things they showed at E3, most of them meant sweet FA to me. It's like Watch Dogs. When the Watch Dogs trailer was shown, first of all, you know, last year, it was like, yeah, that looks interesting. Show me some gameplay. Yep, because agreed. this is going to be another Assassin's Creed game. I'm not, not interested, and, and oh, I'm yeah. still kind of on the fence about that. Mm. But that that's kind of where I'm going for this. It's, I, I don't give a monkeys about a demo normally. The only demos I think that sold me on things were probably things like Kingdoms of Amala, when that when that relaunched its demo, that demo was massive. That was like an hour long demo. It was, it was you know you could have played it for ages. Yeah, there was Soul Sacrifice on the Vita as well. That, that yeah, so there are a few, and and but most of them, the demo just helps me helps me more often than not. If I play a demo, I'm probably decided I'm going to buy the game anyway. Do you know what I mean? It, it, yeah, I know what you mean. I, I mean, it's one of those things that. Actually, a lot of time, if I've got to download a demo and then download the other game in a separate download, I go, you know what, I can't bother download it twice, <laughs> I'm just going to go and buy it. Um, <laughs> but that's very different when we're talking about the price point of the kind of games we can buy on... For Steam. a few pounds, of course, absolutely. You know, whereas if you're talking about a full £40 release, I mean, the point about things like COD and FIFA, you know what you're getting. Yeah. You know, so I, mean, I, I, you know I know what I'm going to buy. If I buy FIFA 14, mm, yeah, chances are it's a football game. You yeah. know, if, if you know if Valve release that Half Life Three demo tomorrow, I seriously doubt that's going to affect any of the sales when the final product comes out. For example, no, probably not. But you know, I mean, so that's I, I, I'm not sure. And again, like you say, the date is so skewed by those massive games. Yes, it is. That you have to question whether it's enough to because I don't know what things like I honestly don't know off the top of my head what things like Call of Duty and COD and whatever sell. Um, um, they, they, they. I mean, we're, we're talking um, GTA, but they must be enough to skew we're, out. We're talking. Massively. I mean, if you look at like Call of Duty, I mean, it, it will ten times that of its next at the period of time that we're kind of next next mm. one in the list. We, we, we're talking millions, tens yeah, of so millions of sales. Easily enough to sway these figures completely. Of course, of course, it is absolutely. But I mean, as I say, it it really comes down to. I mean, I've done obviously because part of my job, I've kind of looked into quite a lot about. Where review, where, where review score hits and what that means for sales, and mm. I, I can't really, uh, really underplay any of this thing. I mean, if something review scores if, must hit it, review scores must have. Uh, review, re, re, review scores. Well, okay, again, I'd be very careful how you how you refer to review scores. If you look at a, a overall Metacritic score, mm, uh, it doesn't matter. The point is, it's a Metacritic score. It's an average score mm. um, that you you can determine a lot of success based upon that. So if you look at the biggest selling titles, they'll all have. 85 90 plus scores if you fall in that kind of you fall between 90 and 85 you can almost get a half amount of units fall again it could be another half maybe even three quarters of the less than the units it's a massive drop by five points of score huge mm. and the only one that break breaks out of that is assassin's creed because they're notoriously averagely eight out eight scores rather than nines mm. Which some of the bigger titles have done, um, and that's because they spend thirty, forty million on advertising in Europe alone. I mean, they, they really go to town with advertising, and that, that's been their, their driving force. But one thing you also notice is that a lot of new IPs 
fail miserably. It, it's it's always with the, the 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 perennials. It's always with the the ones that are just the same franchise name back every year in year out. Mm. A, a new IP is one of the hardest things. To, people uh, it always frustrates me. I've said this before. Yeah, we want but, new IP. Yeah, we want new yeah. IP, and then you <laughs> don't buy them. Yeah, exactly. And so you're like, what? Well, don't it's your own fucking fault people just don't bother getting don't bother making these games i mean because you don't you're, you're just abandoning them as i personally at the moment and particularly with the nature of how many indie games are so so prevalent now on pc it's just easy to just kind of drop on ips just a few, couple of quid each time it's, i'll try this i'll try this i'll try this and you get some amazing games like gunpoint faster than light really really great fun games cheap and got hours of enjoyment from them um, but they kind of fall outside of this realm. But the fundamentals are, I think, regardless of this given data, I can so see where a demo comes out before a game comes out or in the first maybe few weeks that perhaps people um, can't... People, they're losing that. People might have dropped money on it in that first week while all this, all the advertising was going and with all the all the excitement was building up, the reviews are coming in. People might have dropped that money down. Mm-hmm. Play a demo and they go, mm, okay, maybe not. Uh, it's so easy to get that that little fix in a demo sometimes, and you don't fancy it. Um, mm-hmm. That makes sense. I thought I thought every game that came out on the 360 was had to have a demo attached to I it. I don't know. I can't mm, no. Really? I thought that was part of a big thing. Maybe no, I'm. Not every single game. Anyway, we digress. Right, are we all done with that then, boys? We are. Um, The only thing I was going to say, as I did not get a chance to do my um, Beastie's Bargain Bucket last Friday, is there is a big sale on um, Green Man Gaming over the next Mm. week. Um, That's some crackers. They've got basically six games every six hours for six days. Yeah. Yeah. and I can tell it's done quite, it's doing quite well because the site keeps going down. So it's obviously being <laughs> hammered at the moment. Um, I can't, won't, won't bother reading out what games are on sale because by the time this podcast comes out, there'll be probably two changes um, between what's going on because they're kind of six hour slots means that we kind of get up, have to get up quite early in the morning to get some of the deals, uh, all stay up late at night. And um, reveling in the irony that UBC have managed to find a sale, which is basically 666. Oh yes, bear in mind that that's not me finding it. That's of course how they've named it. <laughs> so, oh, um, fair enough. But yeah, I sort of mentioned it as I as I failed in my duty of sending out my sales lists um, at the weekend. Oh, don't worry about it. That's, that's just the sort of professionalism we expect on mature gamer podcasts. Oh, indeed, anyway. the site uh, is indeed down. <laughs> but just for Clarkey, I think one of the ones that was up was um, Aliens Colonial Marines plus the Season Path was seventy five percent off. Just in case you, you know. Right. Anyway, time for the out. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, one person that bought it. Yeah, I'm, I'm still yet to sample those uh, multiplayer delights, and I, I, I think there's another update for it as well. So I wonder how many oh, no. gigabytes of port. Just, to just to give you an idea of how how good it was that they were doing um, the Borderlands Two and the Season Pass for about six quid. I think I think it was one of their first deals. So you can't really complain at that. It's almost oh, on no. Steam levels. Yeah. Oh, when's the Steam sale starting? Because isn't that going to be the like ten year anniversary sale? Um, I think oh. we've got a few months. Well, maybe, maybe not. Oh, it's July now. Really soon, yeah. Yeah, it's not long. I have to start saving me pennies. Yeah. 
Get the feelers out, boys. Mm. Anyway, let's end this thing. Uh, just a reminder to everyone to uh, donate money to the SAT. Well, that's not a big push, but, you know, we we do get paid quite a lot for doing this podcast, don't we? <coughs> yeah, obviously. Uh, obviously of course, it. of course, yeah. Um, use all the affiliate links on the SAT. So you've got uh, that lovely little T-shirt shop, Jinx, um, who sponsor the main show. If you're going to pick something up on Amazon, visit us first and then kind of click through that way. It uh, all goes into the pot in Kevin's, in Kevin's house. Uh, don't forget to review us on iTunes. Um, we always like good things. Uh, can can the bizarre sadomasochists who keep yearning for John's return please stop? Yeah, please. Um, follow us on Twitter. You can uh, follow the show at MGP Bits, or if you're that way inclined, you can uh, follow me directly at Clarky Snap. Um, I'm at Vibesy74. Um, and yeah, Beastie don't tweet, as we all know. I think we need to force you into tweeting, Beastie. I, do, I have considered. I'm going to get a parody account. Yeah, that, I was just going to say that if you do, yeah. you've, got, you've got two weeks. If not, we're opening a parody account. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just going to screen grab your uh, scarf oh. image now. I'm, I'm quite tempted by you letting you guys do that and see what happens. Don't <laughs> <laughs> get more followers than all of us. <laughs> Um, follow us on Facebook, the Mature Gamer Podcast. Um, email us, um, mgpbits at maturegamerpodcast.com. Um, or you can, I'm sure, email us individually. I'm uh, clarky at maturegamerpodcast.com. I believe, do you, do you two paupers have proper uh, email addresses yet? I do. Um, beastie at, uh, and so on. Vimesy, have you been sorted out yet? Or do we need to fix you up? Just move on, boys. Oh. <laughs> And uh, that's about it. So uh, please join us next time for uh, an episode numbered by 52. Thank Mm. you, everybody. Bye. Bye.